0: or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty, Edward Jones, making sense
1: of investing. Member S I
2: P. This segment brought to you by Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids, the Inn and the Amanas, Premier Automotive in North Liberty, Hertin and Stocker Jewelers, One O One South Dubuque Street, Downtown Highwood City, Big Dog Satellite Internet and Solar. Don't call an eight hundred number. Call Kevin and his crew at Big Dog, a Premier Dish authorized retailer, 338 6600. Supel's Flowers, the home of 1 800 800 rows GT Car and his crew at Supel's Sighting and Remodeling. Mike's Lock and E Keys for cars. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. And Patrick Eads and his staff at Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln. And they are on Mormon Trek. Here's Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com, Tom Suter, and Coach Don Patterson.
1: Well, Coach Patterson, uh, a rough uh, Saturday for the Iowa Hawkeye football team on both sides of the football. You look like anything but the number two team in the land. What happened?
3: (laughs) Well, there are a lot of things that went into it, I think. One of the most obvious in my mind, and we talked about it last week, Purdue was gonna have two weeks to prepare for us. Good we point. only had one week, of course, the usual weekly preparation. Mm-hmm. And that's a distinct advantage for Purdue. It's a little bit like a bowl preparation, you know, in that you can actually work on the next opponent for all two weeks if you choose to do so. And I'm sure that they did. They were working on us even in even as we were working on Penn State. So that um that gave them an advantage. I believe three out of four teams that had buys A week earlier uh, one last weekend within the Big Ten I heard that somebody made that comment so that was part of our problem but there were other things that went into it Um, let's just talk analytics for a second I looked at the last 11 games in preparation for Purdue I looked at the last 11 games they played uh, one of which included us last year so it was all of last year's games all six they played six plus uh, the five they played this year and I looked at it in terms of 25 different parameters the top parameters so there's 275 evaluations on purdue and the only purpose of that is to figure out which parameters are really heavily strongly tied into winning there were only three uh, and it was a little unusual the three except one of them was logical but the other two were not quite so logical so i'll explain the number one parameter was actually first quarter scoring The team that had won the first quarter had won 9 out of 10 times, 90% win. Um, And that that simply was an indication, we better get off to a good start because Purdue's history is if they get off to a good start, they win. If you get off to a good start, then you beat them. That's pretty much how the last two years has gone. Uh, We failed to do that, of course. They won the first quarter. Uh, Number two, red zone scoring success. You might recall a year ago, one of the reasons we lost to them, is because they were better in the red zone than we were.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and that was, um, that was, as I recall, 8 out of 9 uh, success, 89% win. And then last but not least, turnover margin. That was only 6 out of 7, but still, that's 86% win. So if you want to beat Purdue, you better do those three things. Just for the record, Purdue won all three of them.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So we failed miserably at, at accomplishing that goal. Uh, and as matter of fact, if you look at the top 15 parameters for winning, Purdue won 12 of them. There were two ties, and we won only one. We actually won on the strength of a kick return and a punt return. We did win average starting field position, but as you know, of course, we squandered that field position both times with turnovers. So it was um, it was a, a, a failure on all fronts. Our, our fundamental problem: we couldn't get off the field on defense. Yeah and we couldn't stay on the field on offense. uh, That equals L. That's a terrible combination. (laughs) I think we had something like seven snaps in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, in summary, that's pretty much what our problems were tied to, and we can talk about specifics, of course, over the next hour, but that's where it all starts is really failing on all fronts to to win the parameters that actually matter.
5: Don, um, two things that kind of stood out to me. After the game, Jack Kerner talked about how part of their strategy was to never leave David Bill alone. Always to have two, try to have someone shield. To me, it always seemed like he was alone with Matt Hankins. Wide open. And then the other question I have for you, and I, I, don't, I, I, I don't want you to necessarily question play, Colin. Maybe explain, why do you think Brian Ferentz went for back-to-back quarterback sneaks? I know I'm using hindsight and I've got hindsight to my advantage. But to me, it didn't make any sense, and everyone talked. Well, they were so good with Nate. Nate Stanley was way bigger and stronger than mm-hmm. Spencer Peters, and he just was. So can you just explain, from what your observations, how, explain those two things, how David Bill always seemed to have single coverage and the quarterback, the two back-to-back quarterback sneaks?
3: Yeah, I was hoping we were going to do something other than sneak the ball a second time yeah. consecutively. once is fine. Uh, and I have personal experience with that. We were over at Youngstown. Down on the goal line, we are on the one-yard line, and uh, um, our center came off because Youngstown taking a timeout, and he said, Coach, he was a really smart guy. He was a brainiac too. He said, Coach, believe it or not, we can sneak for a touchdown. And I said, why are you telling me that? And he said, because we don't have anybody in the A-gaps, you know, many of the center guard gaps. Uh, you know, those inside defenders are lined up on our guards, so it'll be it'll be easy for us to be able to get movement on those guys. And I said, okay, let's do it. And we dressed it up. We used motion, and we snuck the ball across the goal line. And the the umpire came forward. He's the guy lined up there by the linebackers. He came forward and quickly moved the ball back across the goal line and actually made the comment, "You did not score. You didn't score." That's what he said. This is at Youngstown. Big surprise there, huh? <laughs> and uh, he put it back to the one inch line because obviously he couldn't even he couldn't put it back any further than that. But he gave us um, one last play, and and um, I was a little bit like Brian. I said, we're going to sneak it again. We already scored once. We'll do it again. We went across the goal line a second time, and it was a huge pile up, and we didn't get the call again. And in defense of the wing officials, it's hard for them to True. spot forward progress because mm-hmm. it's just a mass of bodies. And at that moment, I said, I'll never do that again uh, because I'm leaving it up to the wing officials mm-hmm. to give us the yardage we earned. After the game, the bus drivers said, Coach, you need to know this. You scored on both plays. And they said, we're huge Youngstown fans, but you actually scored twice. And I said, thank you. I'm aware of that, and I appreciate your honesty, and I'll never do that again. (laughs) And uh, it's just just something for Brian to realize. You may or may not get a good spot. I'm convinced we did not get a good spot on fourth down.
5: I agree on one of them.
3: It was a difference in making or not making the first down.
5: But like you say, you're leaving it up to the official to judge it, whereas you throw Monty Potom- and Monty Potoban is getting pretty good at gaining three and four yards a spot. Yeah, even, why not give it to him? Even on third and shorts when the defense is prepared for something up the middle. That's that's the thing. And as far as how was David Bell open as much as he was, I never saw a safety shadow in him. Did you, Tom? Not even close.
3: No, I've, I've actually charted them all. Uh, and I think the mistake that, that we made is we thought we could just line up in our – base defense, and, yep. and defend Purdue. Um, you know, David Bell's not nearly an average receiver. He's an exceptional receiver. And in almost every case, it was what anyone would have to define as single coverage. Yeah. Um, very, very little help uh, ever. Uh, and most of the time, he was on he was on Hankins. He was. I've charted them all. Uh, one time he was lined up on, on Terry Roberts. That was a five-yard gain. But the others he was lined up on Hankins um most of the time, almost all the time. One time he was lined up in a slot, that was a fifteen yard gainer. Mm-hmm. Uh so he wasn't on the corner then, but in so many cases he was on Hankins. But let me not put it all on Hankins either. Uh Hankins certainly it was um it was a bad matchup too, you know. Clearly Bell won that matchup. But there were a couple of big plays actually where you could actually if you want to try to assign blame to a player it would not be Hankins. It would actually be it would actually be Kerner, in a couple of cases. You remember the post at the play action post?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We were in what we call quarters coverage, so Matt Hankins understood that he had help to the post. That his job was simply to come over the come over the top of the post, mm-hmm. and he's going to have to play it from outside leverage, you know, because he had the outside fourth, and Kerner had the inside fourth, and it was good play action, and and Kerner of course is such a good run stopper. He he was a little bit fooled by it. Sure enough, the post got on top of Kerner, and the closest guy to him at that point was, was um, Hankins. And so it would appear that it was Hankins' fault, but it really it was okay. if you want to try to assign more blame to one player over the other, you'd have to assign it to the safety. Okay. Uh, and there was a dig route thrown in front. I think it was third and 16 maybe, and they threw a dig route in front of Kerner. Uh, and you know I, I love the way Kerner plays, but on that particular play he wasn't very aggressive. It was a gain of 20, and the ball was caught in front of Kerner. Uh, now, I don't want to put all the blame on Kerner either because, let's face it, we have linebackers that are supposed to try to fence post those kind of plays sure. too, and force a high throw or maybe force a quarterback to hold the ball if he has really good alignment on that on that receiver that's in behind the linebacker. Um, and, um, and obviously, if we had better pass rush, we wouldn't be talking about mm-hmm. any of this yeah. because maybe they didn't have time to throw some of these routes um, if, uh, if in fact, we had better pressure on the quarterback. So uh, if we made a mistake, we we left um, Hankins in single coverage way too much. Almost always he was in what we call off coverage. You know, he was soft in, in playing the receiver, which gives him the chance, of course, to throw the ball underneath that corner. Uh, there was one time where it really cost us, though. He was lined up man tight. He was pressed up on bell. And that's the play that went across the field. Yeah. You remember?
4: Yeah. And we yeah. used to
3: run. We used to actually have it as an audible. We actually, I'll tell you what the audible was. It was White 5 X-Ray. White 5 X-Ray was 75 X and Y cross. Uh, hence X-Ray, right? Mm-hmm. X and Y are the first and last letters. And that's a—that's actually a, a rub route, if you will. Uh, but we ran that route. Just to give you an example, they had a Arizona we played years ago. We beat them on the street at this one play. We call Y5 X-ray. They had a corner by the name of James McAllister. He was the 10th guy drafted in the draft that year. Yep, yep. And Damon Gibson beat McAllister on that route because the one thing McAllister did not expect is for Damon Gibson to release inside right down the line of scrimmage. And to make the play even better, we had a tight end that was running across the field. And, it, and that's why we call it a rubber route. of course. It forced McAllister to have to bubble over the top of the tight end and not even Chris McAllister could make that play. Damon Gibson scored on it. Uh, it was great execution. We actually checked to it when we saw the coverage as man. Uh, they didn't even run a, a rub route. You know, it was simply David Bell releasing where we didn't expect him to go. Hankins gave chase, of course, but he, he went right down the line of scrimmage. He yeah. caught the ball probably one yard across the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But most importantly, he, he had he had width on on um, on Hankins. Hankins was trailing. And most importantly, you heard me say this a lot versus man coverage, guess where the ball was? It was way out in front. Yep. So he didn't have to slow up for it. I was he just going to say. That. I was just yep. He actually did a nice job of stiff arming Hankins, you might recall. Yeah, he did. And and of course the problem there once that once that man defender can't make a tackle, what are all the other guys doing? They're all chasing their man, their man that they're covering, mm-hmm. and they don't have good recognition on even the ball being out at that point.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's why you don't get good run support on any kind of run or pass, if the ball is um, run effectively or thrown effectively. And so that's why it turned into a 60-yard game.
4: You know,
5: Don, I actually thought so of you. I, I, I we thought got in,
3: yeah, we got caught in man coverage there versus tight coverage even.
5: I thought of you when they ran that play because that looks like just a simple, easy pass, but it's really not when he's going horizontal to the line of scrimmage, but O'Connell just led him perfectly. And I think that's one thing that maybe gets overlooked because of David Bill. O'Connell was on target the whole game. I mean, he, he We made him look like Tom Brady. Yeah, he looked like Tom Brady, and he had open receivers, but, Don, he made some really nice throws.
3: Yes, he did. You've heard me talk about and Tom Brady's a great example, but Aaron Rodgers is the one I usually mention. I've always said this about Aaron. He knows where the ball needs to be, and the ball is usually within a foot of where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of accuracy that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have uh, most of the time. And, honestly, you got to give – AOC, as they call him, you got to give O'Connell a lot of credit for being very accurate with his passes. Mm-hmm. 30 for 40, I believe it was. Yeah, mm-hmm.
5: it was. Yeah, 30 for 40. Well, I got
3: yeah, it right. impressive. And that's a prime example. Yeah, that was a perfectly thrown ball. Um, and it makes it makes it easier for the receiver, of course, if it's always in the right place. Um, to the other extreme, we can talk about a ball early in the game. Uh, we didn't have pressure. Uh, it was a good route. The ball was simply thrown high. Uh, he gunned it into Reganey and the uh it's all Reganey could do to get a finger on it. It was that high. Uh, he tried to catch it, but he wasn't able to. The ball went skipping up in the air, and, of course, it came down in Purdue's hands.
5: Yeah, and I'm looking at the stats now. O'Connell got sacked one time. There just wasn't enough pressure on him.
1: Uh, no, not at all. And what One thing I wanted to ask you, Donnie. Okay, one thing a, a defensive coordinator always wants to do is uh, make make the offense be one-dimensional, okay? There was no... A threat of really of them running the football all game, and so we had them essentially where you want them, but yet we couldn't stop. We got no pressure on them whatsoever up front. Their receivers and not just David Bell. Their receivers were open all day. It seemed like we had made no game plan for Purdue whatsoever. What? Um, how do you explain I it? I do
3: give I do give Purdue uh, great credit for being really really effective at throwing and catching a ball. Um all the uh, did did they have a drop all day? I'm not sure that they did. Maybe one.
1: Maybe one. We're
3: not so difficult cuz they were right on target. Yeah. Um but you got to give credit to the offensive line because we did not heat up the quarterback. Nope. We tried, you know, we but uh, of course the com- the conflict we have is if we want to bring extra extra rushers yeah. then uh, typically, of course, you play some kind of man or man-free coverage. Um, there was a thing called a zone blitz that we didn't really resort to, but but I suspect that Purdue would have probably picked that up well, too. Uh, they just had an extra week to prepare, I think, which did help. And, um, and you've heard me say before, I would give Jeff Brom credit for being one of the best offensive minds for sure in this mm-hmm. conference, if not if not the whole country.
5: And I will say, and, and uh, Tom, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but King Doru did rush for 48 yards, he did. and I thought that was enough to give them a little bit of balance because their rushing attack has been pretty much non-existent. Don, what do you? I I, I mean, du, Duro had a he had a 16 yard run, and I thought there was just enough to where Iowa, ha- oh yeah, they can run the ball a little bit. I'm just your thoughts on that, Don. There's
3: another another little element to the running game that we should at least touch quarterback. on quarterback, and that was was the number two and number three quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they didn't run for a lot of yards, 30. but they ran at key times. Yeah. And if you gain four yards, if you're first down on the 12-yard line, you gain four yards with your 13 quarterback, the only reason he's in the game is to is to give a fake to a faking back and then run the ball. Uh, you know, they didn't want to risk O'Connell for injury for two reasons. The other guys are probably both better runners, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, although O'Connell did score... And it was not a cue draw. I thought at the time it was a cue draw. It was not. It was third and six at third and goal at the six. He simply dropped back. Receivers were pretty well covered, and he saw some green grass right there in front of him, and he took it. Yeah. And yeah. he was smart enough to to uh, use the umpire as a effectively as yeah. a blocker. Uh, Kerner was closing on him, but he he saw Kerner closing, and he and he took a, a cut to the right to use the umpire as a as a shield. And that allowed O'Connell to score with what I thought was cue draw, but it was not. It was just a, a reaction and a flush. It was just a flush up the middle. But the problem is we we talked about spy for, for quarterbacks. In general, if you're on the six-yard line, um, not very far to that goal line, the best way to get there is to take a direct pass, and that's what he did.
5: Here's an interesting stat. Purdue ran for 10 more yards in Iowa and had three more rushing attempts in
4: Iowa.
3: Yeah. Now, that's another little stat I'll mention. Uh, There were three things that that those teams that had beaten Purdue over the past two years, three things they all had in common. They all outrushed Purdue, which we failed to do. They all had more rushing attempts than Purdue. We didn't do that either. Uh, The third thing we did get done, and I can't even remember what the heck it was now, but those first two we did not. I know what it was. The other thing we did accomplish, and that was uh, less... Uh, fewer passing attempts. You know, those okay. same teams that beat Purdue, no surprise to you guys, they had fewer attempts than Purdue did in yeah. throwing the ball. Well, we had fewer attempts, but it, obviously, if you, don't, if you don't outrush them and you, if you don't run the ball more times, those fewer attempts probably only indicate that you had a hard time getting Purdue's offense off the field because they love to throw the ball, of course, and they throw it well.
5: I just, a lot of people have made reference to, I mean, Tyler Goodson had two carries in the second half. And Ivory Kelly Martin, I don't believe, had any. And and Tyler only had 12 carries, yet he averaged 5.7 yards. The thing with Tyler right now, and you were there, Tom, it seems like he's either feast or famine. He's yep. either going to get you 9 to 15 or he's going to lose 3 or 4. I wonder if the fact that he does have so many negative yards when he tries to dance, do you think that was maybe part of the reason Brian Ferentz didn't try him on either one of those 3rd and 4th down plays? Because He does get hit for a lot of losses when he's dancing around looking for holes. Yeah, he stops at the line of scrimmage. And it doesn't in, usually work. What uh, your thoughts on that, Donnie?
3: Well, I think in defense of Tyler, a lot of times there's no place to run. No, I know. I understand, you know, yeah. simply having a hard time finding a running line. So I would put, I would put those situations a little more on the run blocking okay. than I would Tyler. Okay. You know, Tyler's a good back. If there's a crease, he's going to find it. Uh, but sometimes there's nothing to be found. And that's, that's when you end up with some of those minus plays or no game plays. Um, you know, that's just our inconsistency in being, being able to move people off the ball. And we've talked about that before. Sure. Um, but, um, you know, getting back to um, David Bell, one of the things, uh, I remember what Coach Fry used to say, and he's right. Um, you know, there were times I heard him say, you know, I don't care what you have to do, but we are not going to let them beat us with David Bell. Make him play left-handed. Mm-hmm. I've heard that term for the last 30 years or more than 30 years make a play left-handed take away what they're doing if they're going to beat us make them do something else and uh, and that's not a bad thought now Purdue's other receivers are good enough where if o'connell could realize that we're doubling, dublin bell i don't doubt that he still would have completed passes maybe to someone else but i don't think they would have been for as many yards because david bell's also good at at making tacklers miss or running through tackles you know because he's a big strong guy and uh, some of those big gainers, he caught a short pass and yeah. made guys miss. We, we, all, we didn't always tackle him when we had a chance to. Uh, so, um, you know, one simple thought, and I, I just would say this. I remember vividly, years ago we had trouble with Illinois with their defense. We talked about this. Yeah,
4: Kevin Hardy. And we
3: spent a lot of time in the out-of-season even in February and March working on Illinois. That next fall we had their defense solved. And we had it solved because we worked on it when we had plenty of time to work on it. Um, you know that didn't, that didn't um, change the outcome of the previous year's game, but when it mattered, when it mattered a lot, you know that showdown game in ninety was it nineteen ninety I guess, that showdown game in nineteen ninety over there, um, we scored touchdowns the first four times we had the ball, and then when they finally stopped us, that's when we threw the fake field goal for another touchdown, and um, the point is, you know, you can't let people, you got to make them play left-handed. You know, you you got to take away what they're hitting you over the head with, and they were hitting us over the head with David Bell.
5: They sure were, and you know, T.J. Sheffield had eight catches. Milton Wright had four, and Sheffield had that touchdown taken away. That I mean, Iowa caught a huge break there, and yet still couldn't and couldn't take advantage. Couldn't of it. take advantage of it. I mean, when he remember when he reached for the pylon down and lost the ball, we knew I was standing yeah. next to you. That was you knew that was going to be a touchback.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, when I saw the replay. Uh, I said, it looked to me like he lost control of the ball, mm-hmm. and only then did it hit the pylon, and, and sure enough, the officials got it right. And it's not just a ball out of bounds, of course. It's a ball uh, off the playing field through the end zone. When it hits the pylon, by definition, it's it's across the goal line, and that, of course, makes it a touchback. So the beauty of that, we not only get the ball and they don't score, we get it out on the 20. And what follows, I think, was probably the, if you had want to talk about a a telling series of downs, it was the very next three downs. Um, First down, we ran naked. And I just made a comment at the time. I said, too many nakeds. You know, nakeds have been good to us, but my gosh, after a while, they start looking for naked. On that particular play, um, number six did a great job at getting up the field. Uh, We didn't fool anybody, so that was minus yardage. We threw incomplete on second down. I can't remember the play. Mm And uh, of course, we were three and out, and we not just three and out. We were three and out, and we were fourth and twenty <laughs> at that point. So we actually lost ten yards field position, and and um, if we could have moved the ball then, you know, it was such a monumental play that that's one of the few Purdue mess ups all day was the the uh, so called fumble. Incidentally, that was our only turnover. Of course, it's one that we had nothing to do with,
4: yeah.
3: mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or you, I guess you could say very little to do with, because we were at least. Um, you know, we were contesting him being able to score, and that's one reason he took the chance of extending the ball like he did. Uh, but um, here's what's amazing to me: you know, going into the game, you know how many turnovers Purdue had generated on defense for the year? Was it two? Two. Yeah. Two. They had they had they had forced two turnovers in five games. Yep. Or six games? Which hmm. was it? Five games, I think. Five games. Um, was it five or six? It's five. They were three yeah, and four. two. Yeah,
5: they're four and two now. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and um, only two. You know what? It crossed my mind, and I wouldn't be surprised if this was done. It it wouldn't surprise me at all. If I'm Purdue's DB coach looking at playing Iowa, I might very well say, DBs, guess what? Today we're going to spend some time. We're not even looking at Iowa's offense. We're going to look at their defense because I'm going to show you guys how to attack a football because that's what Iowa does. Mm -hmm. It appeared maybe that message might have gotten through. Why don't we play like Iowa's defense? Why don't we attack the ball when it's in the air? Why don't we read the quarterback's eyes? And they did a great job of attacking the ball a couple of times. Um, And they resulted in turnovers. So um, maybe that's one reason they played so well is they had a great example just by watching our defense. I don't know that, of course, but it wouldn't shock me. If if I was the Purdue defensive back coach, I might have done that because Iowa sets a good example in that regard. And uh, in this game, you have to give Purdue – Credit for doing a better job of that than we did.
5: Somebody just reached out to me and wants to know: Could you put argue that Iowa's inability to run the ball Saturday was even a bigger factor in the loss than their inability to defend David Bill? What do you think of that, Dan? Uh, Don, Dan? Yeah,
3: you know, I wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, our problem again: we just didn't we just didn't have many opportunities. I don't know how many possessions there were, but there weren't very many—no more than ten, I'm sure. Um, so, and our problem again you know, they we'd get them in the third and long and they'd convert. Uh, you know, they had a, a really high percentage. They they beat us on critical downs also. Not by a lot, but our problem, most of our conversions are short yardage. You know, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Paderbaum is an effective runner mm-hmm. in short yardage. He converted, I don't know, at least a couple of times when we gave him the ball. He converted every time. And for that matter, we converted uh, with um, other ball carriers too, or maybe with short throws. We had some... We had a decent conversion rate. It just wasn't quite as high as theirs.
5: Okay, Keegan Johnson, first play of the game, gains 38 yards. Had another catch where he gained 12. Tyrone Tracy, one touch for one yard, and Tyler had the 12. I guess, Don, just um, as a casual observer, I'm just wondering why Iowa doesn't get the ball more to its explosive. When I watch other teams, when they have explosive players, they seem to touch the ball all the time. Like David Bell. Well, like David Bill. Well, like David Bill I mean, but why can't Iowa get Tyrone more involved? It, it seems like LaPorta's always open, but it just seems like they have to start getting their ball the more to explosive players, or am I just overreacting to one loss?
3: Well, the truth of it is, and I think I mentioned a week or two ago, we, there was one game in particular, I think it was Kent State maybe, but we it was obvious we were really making a concerted effort to get Tyrone Tracy more involved in the offense. I think he maybe caught six balls or eight balls that day, but they weren't for a lot of yards. And, and the thing that, um, that I was always impressed with Tyrone is he, he was effective after the catch. You know, he was an explosive player, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And we simply haven't gotten that kind of mileage out of, out of targeting Tyrone. And part of it's on Tyrone. For sure, you got to give some credit to the tacklers for making really good sound tackles at times. Uh, but another thing to consider: there's a few drops in there. To t- Tyrone, He has them. had yes, some. Yes, he he has. Has. Yeah, and 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 uh, maybe I've mentioned. I'm sure I mentioned this one time at least on the air. You might say, well, he doesn't drop the ball that often. And I think you've heard me say before when I talk to receivers about that. As a receiver coach, I would say I don't judge you by the ones you catch. I judge it by how often you drop. So in that regard, a 95% catcher. Versus a 90% catcher, uh, in my mind, the 95% player is twice the receiver because he's only half as likely to drop the ball. I mm-hmm. uh, hope that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Tyrone's percentage, I'm sure, is lower than than any number of our other receivers. You know, our other guys have been more reliable in catching a ball. And, and um, you could argue that part of that's on, on Spencer. You know, maybe the ball came in a little bit hot. Uh, obviously, your goal is to make it as catchable as you can as a quarterback. If you have a chance to take some pace off the ball, then you do it to make it a little easier to to um, control. But um, um, I, I see what you're saying about about big plays. Uh, there, here's another play that came to mind, talking about receiver selection. Uh, one time in particular, I remember the ball was thrown to Tyrone. I think it was pretty tight coverage. But Laporta was clearly a better choice on that play and it's it's just um, maybe an example that it's not easy to always see everything that's happening. Obviously, if, if Spencer has great confidence and Sam. For whatever reason, he didn't see him on that play. LaPorta was a better choice, and he was further down the field. It would have been a pretty significant gain. Uh, I could see that from the press box. But the, the ball went to Tyrone, and I'm not blaming Spencer for that. I'm sure he was under a lot of pressure at that time. I mean, he was under... Pretty pass for us most of the day. Let's face it. Do you want to give out MVP awards? You give them out to number three and number five. George yes. Uh, yes. Because number five uh, is going leftist, to be on Sunday for sure. Oh yeah. And our tackles—that was a terrible matchup for us. We tried to chip him a time or two, but we weren't very effective doing that either. When I say chip, I mean have a back help out mm-hmm. versus number five. Uh, but um, um, you know, receiver selection can't improve. There was another example, though. As uh, a matter of fact, this was thrown to. Tracy also, I believe, uh, he threw, uh, Tracy had uh, press coverage. You know, he had man-tight coverage. On the other side of the field, we had soft coverage. And the the call was simply a a quick pass. Uh, It was a three-step pass, and it was supposed to be an out route. Well, obviously, you can't run an out route versus press coverage. It it converts into a fade route. He threw the fade route. Uh, You probably remember the play. In the boundary was over on their bench. The ball went sailing off the field. The truth of it is, and maybe it wasn't Tyrone. But I think it was Tyrone, but whoever it was, maybe it was one of the freshmen. He wasn't open. You know, the, the corner did a good job. I don't. I don't believe it was Tyrone. More I think about it, I think it was either six or ten. One of the freshmen did not get off the press coverage. That's no shocker. But on the other side of the field, you got a soft coverage. Throw the out route versus soft coverage. That's probably that should be 90 percent completion versus the fade route versus press. That's going to be a much lower completion percentage. And let's face it, we just need to make first downs. We just need to make some first downs and and keep their offense off the field. That's one of the keys going in anyway is outrush them, have more rushing attempts, and make that offense on their side of the field sit there and watch us convert time after time on short yardage.
1: Well, I I don't want to say that Spencer had a good day because he didn't, but honestly, he was running for his life all day long, and you mentioned Karloftis just had his way with Iowa's line, and we couldn't run the ball either. What, going forward, what in the world can Iowa do to make this line better? They got two weeks to figure it out.
3: Talking about our offensive line? Yes. There's not a whole lot to be done, we've talked about this before. The guys are getting smarter every week with how they play, but the one thing that cannot change from a week-to-week basis is bigger, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those guys are still young players, you know, some of them maybe they haven't had their twentieth birthday yet. Uh, you know, maybe they don't even have to shave every day. Uh, you know, they're doing the best they can in, in a difficult situation because they're out there playing because they're the best players and um, and they're well coached. And and you know, I don't doubt for a minute that they're going to play better against Wisconsin than they played this week. And uh, of course, the tricky part there is Wisconsin's defense matches up yeah. even more impressively. As far as defending the run, you know, they're
5: one of the best in the country. Yeah, yeah, I have no reason to believe that I will be able to run the ball at Wisconsin. So it'll be yep. interesting to see what Spencer does. But what's ironic, though, about this is Ty- Tyler Goodson had 68 yards on 12 carries. Yeah. He had a couple long runs. And I don't want to keep singling out Brian Ferentz because, like you've said, Don, you lose as a team, you win as a team. But do you think Brian gave up on the running game too easy? Or was it just a circumstance where they were just in and out so often that they never had any rhythm to use the running game? I think it was more the second thing. Okay.
3: Um honestly it it sounds a little bit crazy, but when you again when you have to sit and watch the other team's offense play, uh, you know, you don't get in any kind of rhythm because you've been standing and mm-hmm. watching too yeah.
4: long. Yeah.
3: Uh they had a couple of great drives and they they did a great job of converting against us. Um and I think I think you guys are right. The running game was enough to keep us honest at least. Um, they didn't kill us with the running game, but they ended up with more yardage than we did. They ended up with more rushing attempts than than we had. Obviously, they did a good job of making first downs. They had many more first downs. I, I think it was something like 24 to 17. And let's face it, we got some of those first downs late too yeah. uh, when the game was already over. So uh, just a great job. Uh, this is important. After the game, I did, I did write this down because I thought it was significant. It's exactly how he was thinking. This is a quote from Brom. One of the keys to beating Iowa was to get up on Iowa, to get a lead on Iowa, to make them play from behind because they're not comfortable doing that. And um, he's right. And as we've already discussed, you need to win the first quarter because um, if you win the first quarter against Purdue, historically you win the game. If they win it, then they win the game. So it would behoove you to win the first quarter, and we failed to do that.
5: You know, there was a lot of talk afterwards, and I don't believe it's time to panic. I still think they have a very good chance of winning the West, but they don't necessarily control their own destiny now mm-hmm. because if they finish tied with Purdue, Purdue has one loss in the conference, and I don't think Purdue's going to run the table. No. But they don't control their destiny right now. They no. lost all of that. And were you surprised they dropped to, so far in the polls, Don, or was that just the product of losing decisively at home to an unranked opponent?
3: No, it didn't surprise me. Uh, you know, we're 11. I, that's the least of our worries right true, now. It's where we're ranked. Uh, you know, the way to move up in the polls, of course, is simply win football games. And a win over Wisconsin will probably move us up, uh, I don't know how many spots, but we'll move up simply because somebody ranked in the top ten is going to lose next weekend. Um, or the weekend after, I should say, mm-hmm. when we play Wisconsin. Um, so that's um, that's the least of our worries. I do think, and, and you're right, uh, we do not have our fate in our own hands. You know, if we went out and Purdue wins out, then Purdue represents but let's face it, Purdue has a much different schedule than we much. do. Much. They have to go to Ohio State, and they also have to play, I believe it's Michigan State. Mm-hmm. It's either Michigan State or, or Michigan. It's one of those two. Or maybe it's Penn State. I know they have to play two of the biggies.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and, of course, Purdue, um, um, it's going to be a challenge for them. Their schedule is significantly tougher than ours. So I think that's the least of our worries is, is – um, to be worried about Purdue losing another game, I think that that's going to happen. Yes. Uh, the, the bigger question, of course, can we win out? That's, that's all we can control. And we can't even control that until the end of November. All we can really control is finding a way to beat Wisconsin. Our entire focus has got to be on Wisconsin.
1: So Iowa has struggled against the 3-4 defense that Wisconsin throws out there mightily. And, you know, you think back to a couple years ago, uh, 2017, when Iowa, you know, Blew the doors off of Ohio State, fifty-five to twenty-four, I think it was. And then the next week, we went up to Wisconsin, and one of the most inept offensive showings I think I've ever seen. So, what do we have to do to do a little better against their three-four?
3: Well, one thing you got to do is a thing called honest assessment. Um, I remember vividly that that time frame because I remember um, a conversation that. that Coach Ferentz and I had, and I said, let's not even talk about outrushing Wisconsin because that's not going to happen. You know, Wisconsin's got a great run defense. They, they're they running the ball really well. I don't know who their back was at the time, but he's playing in the NFL now and playing well. Uh, I said, we're not going to do that, but here's three things I think we can do. One of those things I mentioned was turnovers. I said, I think we can bait them on turnovers, and we did. matter of fact, we had two pick-sixes that day.
4: Yeah. But so the only Jackson. problem,
3: as we had those... We had 14 points in the middle of the third quarter. The only problem is we also had 14 yards of total offense at that same time.
4: Yeah.
3: and so we simply didn't. That was a great Wisconsin defense. Um, the obvious question: you just got to find ways. Uh, you know, if if it's um, if it's that much of a daunting task going in, then you just got to find ways to to make first downs. Uh, it's crazy to think about making. I shouldn't say that. There's still there's still an argument for having a few plays that are designed. Maybe the, maybe the hit number are only one and three, uh, but you better. And that's something we can talk about, too. One thing we did not do, tell me how many times we threw the ball down the field last week.
4: Never.
5: Um, Never, and, and I didn't see very many screens, either. And, it was just, I don't know. And isn't that how you get Keegan Johnson involved? Either throw to him downfield or throw a simple screen yeah. to him and see if he can make a couple defenders miss. Right, right.
3: One thing you can do against anybody, of course, is run bubble screens or run mm-hmm. yep. what we call jailbreak screens. You know, throw the ball behind the line with blockers. Yep. It's just another version of a screen pass, right? Yeah. It's not the traditional screen <laughs> pass to the back out of the backfield, but but those plays always have a chance. Um, and to be honest with you, that wouldn't have been a, a bad call at the end of the half. You know, I, let's talk talk about that. I know how I felt. Yep. You know, we were down. We were just down seven at the time. Uh, but that the thing I didn't expect with 19 seconds left or whatever it was uh, was a, a kickoff to the minus 44 yard line. Charlie did a great job returning the kick. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, heck we, yeah, let's let's throw a hail mary. Let's do it. Uh, you know, let's try to let's try to maybe hit an intermediate pass and be in field goal range. You know, either one would have been huge because at the time it was 14-7. Mm-hmm. A field goal at the end of the half would have given us momentum. Let's not forget too and thinking about what to do at the end of the half. We know this. Uh, Purdue's going to start off with the ball in the second half. That's right. And, um, you know, it's really imperative that we try to get some kind of points here at the end of the half. I'm not saying do, I'm not saying do anything stupid. I'm just saying uh, a Hail Mary is a possibility uh, because you always have a chance. If you can throw the ball up into the end zone, what do I care if it's intercepted? The odds of them returning to the Hail Mary 100 yards are slim and none uh, because we've got all kinds of guys that can tackle them long before they get to the other end of the field. And of course, let's face it a hail mary might come down in our hands. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a play they practice, and and um, it's worth a shot. If you if you don't feel maybe you're concerned about having enough time to throw that, I understand that. Well, for starters, how about running another slant with Keegan Johnson? Because maybe he'll run the length of the field, or at least run 50 yards, you know, to score at the end of the half. Just do something, you know, run a draw play. Uh, run a screen, you know, run a slant, or throw a Hail Mary, do something. Correct. Because, um, let's face it, if they start the ball with the second half, the odds are 50-50 that they're going to have an extra possession in the second half.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: They might end up with five possess- possessions versus our four, or maybe it's six versus our five. But if they start the half with the ball, there's a 50-50 chance they'll end the game with the ball, too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, it would behoove you to try to make something
1: with that last possession of the first half. And the fans sure didn't um, like the
5: call. Well, and Kirk was asked about it after yeah. the game and he was very dismissive. He you could tell he kind of just kind of laughed it off saying, well, you know, I don't think he could even throw the ball that far. And somebody could have gotten hurt. And he goes, that was not a game turner. Right. You, you could tell he That's just did not. But, and I understand that. But like what Don says, why not just try something? Just try something.
3: Well, let's face it. The way the first half went, we better be worried about being down seven because – um, you know, I I didn't have any great comments where we were going to come back on them because they'd done too good a job of moving the ball. And mm-hmm. of course, their defense yeah. is improved. Yeah. So it was going to be a tough assignment in the second half, especially when they started with the
5: ball. You know, and this is tough for Kirk, and I get it, and we all know the. 800-pound gorilla in the room. The offensive coordinator is his son. Yeah, And that, I mean, Don, you never had that's – a, that's a unique, awkward dynamic at times. I mean, talk about that. I mean, when Brian's facing a lot of scrutiny right now, he's not only Kirk's coordinator, but that's his son. How tough is that on Kirk?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's – I don't know because I've never, never coached with a son. Yeah, I don't know what, exactly what that is like. Uh, but um, it's unique, and I don't know exactly what the decision making it is. You know, Brian's the play caller, obviously, but his dad's still the head coach. So I, I would imagine there are times in the game where Kirk says something as simple as "run the ball," sure, uh, or "or throw it." You know, obviously, as a play caller, you don't mind that kind of input from your head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's the one that's going to take ownership. Why did we throw the ball on third and short? Well. I'm the head coach, and and you're the play caller. So if I want you to throw it, then I better tell you to throw it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there is a play action but Maybe it's third and short. Throw it on third and short, play action, because you're planning on going for it on fourth down anyway. That's another reason you might throw it on third down. You know, that kind of advice would suggest that you are going to go for it on fourth down. Uh, so in that in that regard, it, it is kind of a waste down. You know, it's sure. Um, of course, you're not guaranteed to make it on fourth down. We all understand that, but you're trying to make a big play. That's another possibility for making a big play: is play action on third and short, when you've already decided you're going to go for it on fourth down, if necessary.
5: My guess is Kirk was the one who said we're taking a knee with three seconds. Oh, I'm sure. And Brian, Brian, you know, has to has to follow. My guess is Brian would have maybe tried to take a shot. Okay, the in-sweep with Tyrone Tracy worked great during the 2019 season. It's part of the reason they just destroyed USC. Remember how he? It was effortless. Defenses have obviously adjusted to the in-sweep right now, Don, because it's just not working.
3: Well, we got different tackles blocking it, too. Yeah. True.
5: Good point. Yeah. good point. Good point. Because that just seems yeah. to. Yeah, I
3: think that's part of the problem. You know, we, we're not doing a good job of sealing the edge. You know, you've got you to gotta reach that edge rusher uh, to be sure that we even have a chance to get the play started. And uh, that's a little bit the problem. You know, we're not quite as effective mm-hmm. uh, on that perimeter with our blocking. Maybe you can assign some blame to the wide receivers, too. I don't, I don't know that for sure. I do know sometimes it's been a problem to clear that contained rusher.
5: And I know if I can identify that in-sweep with Tyrone right when it starts sure. happening, the D, I remember sitting in there, oh, here he comes. They're going to give him that one in-sweep to see if they can get him involved early, and he gained one yard before being pushed out of bounds. Yep. It yep. was just a, okay, so, I mean, is this a good time to have a bye week, or is, could you make an argument when you lose like this, you want to get right back out there? What's your thoughts on that?
3: I think it's a good time, if only because of the physical aspects, okay. you know. We have guys that are playing that are still dinged up. You know, they're playing, they're doing the best they can, but they're not 100%. Uh, and The beauty of um, a buy is that you have a chance to give guys a chance to be healthier going forward than they were in the last game they played. And and that's a good thing. We have a chance just to kind of um, assess where we are and what we need to do. Uh, obviously, there's there's some things that we need to think about adjusting here and there. Uh, but having said that, let's still not, let's not over, let's react, let's not overreact. Sure. <laughs> and by that I mean, is the way we play, is that a bad way to play versus all these games going forward? I would suggest to you, uh, our, our standard way of playing football, uh, holds up worst against Purdue, maybe of any team left on our schedule, simply because they are more capable of throwing the ball than with, with, um, with a higher degree of efficiency than anybody else, maybe that we're going to play, probably they probably are the best. Um, so, uh, going forward, our 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 basic way of playing football is that going to hold up better against these other teams than Purdue. I would suspect so. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, are they are we going to play all day without picking a ball off again? Probably not, because we do a good job we talked about this things. We do a good job of of uh, attacking the ball. Mm-hmm. We have good hands. We do a good job of getting our hands up in the throwing lane. Uh, we do a good job of just bringing pressure, especially if we know we can pin our ears back and come, you know, throwing along. Um, all those reasons suggest that our style of play might be very, very effective in these next five games. Uh, an optimist would say it will be, you know, because we played good defense except last Saturday. And is there any reason to believe that we can't do it all over again against these next five opponents? I think we, we have a chance to get that done. That doesn't mean we don't change either. I think one of the things that, that Phil would probably, I don't know if Phil would say, admit this to the media, but obviously um, there's, a, there's an expression, discretion is the better part of valor. You've heard that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know, if if, you're, if you have a way you want to play and it's not working, then that's probably a good time to consider changing and like you heard me say earlier, you know, make them play left-handed. They may beat us, but don't let them beat us the way they prefer to do it. Make them go to plan B. Let's make mm-hmm. sure they got a plan B. And um, looking back, I wish we would have doubled Bell. And when I say double, it can be done. You can actually, a simple call, i give you an example of a call that would do it. Um, we have what we call three-cloud three cloud coverage. That's three deep in the back end with a corner rolled up. So you have three cloud strong or three cloud weak, you know, where the corner's up on the strong side of the formation or the weak side, there's nothing to say you couldn't say, we're going to play three cloud three cloud bell. Let's roll up the bell every time. So if bell's on your side as a corner, get up and defend the flat. And, and that means, if you call three cloud, that means there's a safety that's legitimately over the top of you, because he's actually only defending the outside third of the field.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, when you do that, of course, uh, You do have a soft corner on the other side, and the question is, can you hold up okay if they're throwing the ball to somebody other than Bell? And you still got to be able to defend those passes, of course, but at least you're not letting them go to the guy they really want to go to. You know, let's face it, they target David Bell. They've done it for three years now. I'm pretty sure we should have a better plan for Bale if he's coming back next year, and I suspect he'll be he, out. Of court. He
5: won't. And as, I I, he won't. And as great as Purdue and David Bill was Saturday, they in each of their last three games they had scored 13 points and lost two of them. Yep. So other teams have figured out Purdue a lot better than Iowa then has. Than we have. Yeah, it does appear that way. Yeah, and yeah. But now, the good thing is they don't have to play Purdue again this year. They'll never play da- – David Bill's not coming back for a no. senior year. He'll be a I, – I mean, I'd be stunned. Okay, one last thing about the Wisconsin match. My biggest concern in this matchup is the Iowa offensive line against Wisconsin's really good defensive. Louis Chanel and the, the Benton kid, I mean, their defensive line is really good. This is going to be a huge test for that O-line, isn't it, Don?
3: Yeah, I think so. And like you heard me say earlier, and we talked about that that game against that great Wisconsin team a few years ago that we that we lost, even though we had the two big sixes. Uh, you know, the bottom line when you're when you're a really good, I'll give you an example. When Western Illinois is playing LSU, man, that's going to be a that's going to be a pretty short running pass list because I'm going to have a hard time thinking of all kinds of things that are that we should be able to do. So uh, when you when there's a, there's a mismatch and you're on the short end of the stick. You're sitting there thinking, I'm just trying to figure out how to make first downs. You know, I'm just and, – and, again, maybe you do have a, a, uh, a trick play in there that's designed to either be a touchdown or or, or be nothing or next to nothing. Uh, are those plays worth running against a team like LSU? If, if you're Western Illinois, absolutely. Uh, you know, because you got to take some shots. And uh, a good example for Purdue, you know, they ran the play-action post for 47 yards. And that was a good call, you know, because the, they were running the ball well enough. They faked a, a good, strong run action, and Kerner got caught up a little bit short, and they got over the top of him with a post representative So it's smart football. So we can, you know, against a great Wisconsin defense, I say that, I don't, I suspect from what I know, their pass defense is a little suspect. Uh, their strength is a rush defense. And um, I know for sure that that uh, who bombed them? Um, I think it was Michigan that bombed them and mm-hmm. Notre Dame that bombed them too, I think. So uh, they're a little su- suspect on big plays. I do know that. Big the other, plays in the passing game.
1: The other thing to keep in mind is offensively they have struggled this year, much like Iowa has. They're, uh, I mean, they have a good running back, but there's no uh, Jonathan Taylor back there for Wisconsin this year. And Graham Mertz has really struggled as their starting quarterback. So how can we take advantage of that?
3: Well, one thing that comes to mind for me, I suspect all over again that our, that our kicking game is superior to theirs. Uh, yes. One of the few mm-hmm. bright spots on Saturday, of course, was our punt returns and, and kick returns. Uh, we had a 67-yard kick return by Kelly Martin. and I, I can't remember how long that punt return was. 41. 41-yard punt return. The sad part, the kick return by, by Ivory put us on the plus 19. Uh, an interception followed. The 41-yard punt return put us on the plus 12, and an interception followed that too. So, um, so my point is, know, yeah, I, I think it's not hard at all to believe that our kicking game is going to be better than Wisconsin's. I say that not even knowing about Wisconsin's kicking game. I still have great faith in our place kicker. Uh, you know, I don't. I mean, he missed a kick. I, don't, I can't explain it. He's human. Um, but um, let's face it, our our Punt returner, kick returner are above average. Our coverage units are above average. Our kicker and our punter are above average. Uh, Incidentally, one thing that bugged me a little bit, we only averaged 40.7 on punts, as you guys probably know. All three punts were into the wind. The thing that surprised me, I'm pretty sure of this, all three of them were rugby-style punts. And I just wondered to myself, what happened to spinning the ball? You know, we talked about it early season. Um, Taylor had, had shown that he could, punt in a conventional way too and you've heard me say before if you can spin the ball it's going to it's going to bore through a wind better than the end over end kick and he went with the end over end it didn't have much hang time it didn't have much distance either uh they did have to fair catch all three of them um which was a plus but we still only averaged 40.7 i was just surprised he didn't he didn't try to punt in a conventional sense because he does have a good strong leg and i'm just talking about wind resistance being Mm -hmm. different of the ball that's spinning through the air versus the one that's end over end
5: yeah they didn't dominate special teams like they normally No, do. that was part no. but don i want to ask you before we wrap it up i can't believe we've already almost gone through an hour looking nationally the ed orgeron uh, announcement that he's leaving lsu there's a ton of chatter that M- mill tucker is who they want that's who they're zero in. i've read a bunch of stuff saying if you're mill tucker at michigan state you leave in michigan state for lsu if that's you well, I would I
3: would hope not. I say that just because, um, you know, Michigan State had the vision to give Mel Tucker his first head coaching job. And right? a lot of
5: money. Yeah, and a I lot of assume, money.
3: Though, I would assume, though, um, that he's got a certain sense of loyalty to Michigan State for providing him with the opportunity that he's got. And I know that may sound old-fashioned, but I'd like to believe that there's some loyalty on both sides at Michigan State on the part of the coach and the administration. So I would love to, and Matt Campbell's a prime example. Matt Campbell's had a chance to leave Iowa mm-hmm. State. Well, he's got a lot of loyalty to Iowa State. He's just returning the favor. They've, they've shown a lot of confidence in him, and and uh, he has a lot of loyalty for Iowa State. And, and um, let's face it, Michigan State's, last time I checked, they're still unbeaten, right? 7 0. Yep. A top 10 team. I don't know if they can stay there, I don't you know, think because they can. people have kind of figured them out. They're not putting up points like they were early in the season. But they're still finding ways to win. I think that was an ugly win on Saturday. It four. was. But they, they to still 15. found a way to win. Yeah, they've already got a and, winning record. Um, yeah. You know what disappoints me a little bit? and I am i don't even know Ed or Zoran, but what bothers me a little bit, two years ago they won a national title. Is that right?
5: Yes, yes they did. Maybe the greatest team ever, some people are saying.
3: Yeah, well – uh, one Here we are in the middle of season, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, they beat Florida at Florida, mm-hmm. right?
5: Yes, 49 42, I think. Well, it was. so you have
3: to. So, well, you got to fire him before he wins too many games? I mean.
5: It isn't uh, what happened on the field, it's what happened there, off the there's field. There's been a lot of off the field reports yeah. that are not. What, not good. Not what you that's want your head coach to do. I don't
3: doing. know. And you mean yeah. there? There might be a case of some misconduct. Or yes,
5: a- y- just several cases. Things. Just stupid behavior yes. issues. I mean, just stupid things that he did to embarrass himself. And and that's it's not like Tom and I are just that's out there. There's, yes, I mean, there's just no stuff. question. There was a lot more stuff to where he wasn't winning enough anymore to. Off- if they were still rolling along, they'd be ignoring this stuff or they'd be dealing with it behind the scenes. He's not winning enough right now to offset the other stuff that's going on. Is how I interpret it. I got you. Yeah. Well, frankly,
3: to be honest with you, they kind of knew that that might be the case when they yes. heard the guy. Yes, yes, you're right.
5: Exactly. Yes, they did.
3: Yeah. So at the time, it was sounded like a, a good thing to do, but even when they heard him, they should know that he might he might not conduct himself exactly as they want to, and I'm not talking about yep. anything other than – just being inappropriate socially, maybe yeah. or
5: whatever. Well, that's what. It, well, there's an expectation for a head coach at any level, there but especially be. at this level. I mean, it's a high-profile job. They're paying five, six million a year. So, but it's going to be interesting to see who gets that job. Well, let's not
1: forget that we've already got precedent from that exact same move from Michigan State to LSU with Nick, Nick Saban. Saban.
5: Yep.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But I, I would be disappointed. Um, And I think I mentioned a while back, you know, I interviewed Mel Tucker years ago for the defensive coordinator job at Western Illinois. I didn't hire him because he was 20-something at the time. Mm -hmm. But I do remember being really impressed with him and and telling him, you're going to end up having a great career. I'm not going to hire you, but it's simply because there's another guy that's significantly more qualified than you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you are very impressive in your young coaching career, and I don't have any doubt that you're going to go on and accomplish great things. And he's done that. And I'm not saying my conversation with him had anything to do with it. It was simply my my way of stating, I think he had all the all the ingredients of being a really good head coach years ago. And, and um, obviously it's worked out that way.
5: I know I'm going all over the place, but the Georgia-Kentucky game was I – mean, Georgia's really good. They sure are. I mean, Kentucky's got a good team this year. And what was it, 31-13? Yeah, I think it was. And, uh, I mean, they just – I mean – I think Georgia is clearly the number one team right now. Um, But Don, as far as Iowa, I mean, like you said, I know people hate hearing it, but you just got to go back to the drawing board, not necessarily to the drawing board, but it's just one game at a time now. You just can't. And, you know, Kirk will not overreact. That's the one thing you can guarantee with Kirk, that he's not going to be any different now than he was. I mean, that's what you do, though. What do you do during this first week of the bye week, Don? What's the what's the main emphasis during this week?
3: Well, for those guys that are beaten up, of course, you just gotta give them a little bit of time okay. to recover, so you know treatments in the training room are important. maybe that means even they're spending more time in the training room and maybe even uh, not out on the practice field as much. That's a possibility for those guys that are that are more significantly injured. Maybe they're playing a simple example you know it appears that shoulder shoulders bothering him a little yeah, bit, yeah tell so maybe he'll he'll miss some practice time. I don't know that that's an issue, but I, I do recall, of course, it was on TV that he came off the field with his shoulder. Well, on the play
5: where Bill
1: – His arm was hanging limp by Yeah, the he side. dove. Yeah.
5: He tried to dive on that play you were talking about, you know, the short pass to Bill. He tried to dive to stop him, and I think he landed awkwardly on his shoulder. But yep. my response is, okay, if he's not healthy, play somebody else. Exactly. That's what I couldn't figure out, put somebody else in there. But, right. you know, you got to move on. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, I, I, watched a, I watched Iowa State, Kansas State. Iowa State's coming on.
1: Yeah, they looked really good. They
5: looked really good. I mean, winning at Kansas State is not easy, Don, but I watched a lot of that game, and Iowa State is really starting to come on.
3: Well, you know, uh, they, um, some of the so-called experts, you know, the game day shows, some of, the, some of those guys who know, do know football, of course, they actually picked K-State to beat them uh, because they, they're aware that it's not easy to go into Manhattan and win. Which you know, they got it? a good home field advantage. Uh, and, of course, they've got a competitive team. Uh, but uh, you know that's what good teams do is they continue to get better. That's what typical Iowa State teams have done in recent years is they continue to improve over the season and they're harder to beat in November maybe than they would have been in September. That's for sure. Oh. So I'm not surprised to see Iowa State get up get a good quality win on the road and um, they got. They more or less have their own fate in their hands, mm-hmm. right? I mean, don't they still have a chance to win the Big 12? I think
5: they probably sure, do. Yeah, sure they do. Yeah, yeah, sure they do. Yep, no, they definitely do because they could do it. they got one loss. They could do it with one loss, and um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they – I know Oklahoma's got a new quarterback now, which you know what that means. Spencer Radler, you know he's going to transfer. Of course There's, he no, I mean, he's he will transfer somewhere and play next year, so that will be an interesting development. But, but I know some Iowa fans don't want to hear this, but the more Iowa State wins, the better that helps Iowa. That's a quality win for yeah, iowa that's, yeah, that's true, true
1: but we just gotta we gotta keep winning oh yeah i, I mean, mean if, that's I mean, the thing
5: i mean Iowa's just gotta keep winning but that's still if it comes down to iowa's 11 and one or ten yes. and two, if they've got that signature win that is something that iowa will use to promote itself to try to you sell bet. itself you so, bet. well tom anything else
1: no donnie
5: you got anything that uh,
1: we haven't covered that you want to get to? you know one of, the, one of the things that comes to mind for me and, and
3: uh, i'm sure you guys will agree with this um i was disappointed that so many fans left early. I heard you talk about that, uh, and they have the right to do that. But but um, would it surprise the fans to to hear that maybe the players have some idea that people are leaving and giving up on them? You know, that's not. I'm sure you know, they see it. Yeah, you know, it it really does help to support the team, and we saw that we saw the strength of that one week earlier. I remember thinking how sad it was. Think back just one week earlier, uh, the the fan support at the end of that game. Versus the fan support at the end of this game. There's no comparison.
1: No. Yep. And it's
3: disappointing, you know, because, and I understand that fans, you know, maybe there's, some of them have compelling reasons to leave early. They have a chance to get home earlier or they got to pick up the dog or whatever. But but um, in general, I just hate to see that. And I know we have a lot of really loyal fans that did not leave, of course, but it's just disappointing to see it happen. And I understand that. People um, have the right to leave whenever they want to, but I was just disappointed, and I think it's a little disheartening to the players to see that.
1: And I I think you're right, but on on the other hand, um, the the team has to give the fans something to cheer for.
3: Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, One comment, red zone score and success. Uh, We actually were in the red zone as many times as Purdue uh, defensively, yep. we actually did a pretty good job in the red zone. They were there five times. They ended up with a total of 15 points, two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, so that's three points per opportunity. The sad aspect of that is that we only scored 1.2 points per opportunity. We had one touchdown and four failures. And, of course, we had a missed a missed field goal and uh, the three interceptions. That so sums up a lot the, uh, of the problem, it? doesn't it? Yeah, one quick quick reminder, of course, you don't throw comebacks down the goal line because that corner has nowhere to go. You know, that ball was intercepted over by the pie line. You know, that was a mistake, of course, to throw the ball out there wide and late, and it was picked. And the other two plays um, were a little easier to live with than that one because you simply don't throw out routes or comebacks down near the goal line because the corner's got nowhere to go. There's no more field to defend, you know, so he's going to. Logically, being
1: tighter coverage. So, Coach, are you going to uh, call in uh, next Monday and talk about uh, the games that uh, took place during our sure, bye we week? we can do that, absolutely. That'd be great.
3: Uh, I'm gonna, I do have a game to do for the Missouri Valley next weekend, but I'll have a chance at least Saturday night. We'll be back in Omaha Saturday night after being up in South Dakota for that game. And then I'll have a chance to watch Big Ten Network, of course, and at least get the summaries. And maybe by the time Monday morning rolls around, uh, if there's a particular game that for sure we need to talk about, and the most obvious would be Purdue and Wisconsin, I guess, playing mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I'll have a chance. W- with a little bit of luck, the Big Ten Network will give, you, give me that 60-minute version of the game, and I can watch that and okay. at least be able to talk about that game with uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of knowledge.
5: Okay. That we sounds can, great, Donnie. We, we can, appreciate it. We can break down my oral surgery, too, on Monday. By then, hopefully, I'll... <laughs> I'll have my analytics after. There, you go. there we go. Hey, one
3: so. other comment that's worth making. Um, here's another thing that Purdue did so well. They used our defensive back aggressiveness against us. Let me give you two examples. They were worth 49 yards. There's a route called a sluggo. That's what we call it. It's simply a slant and go.
4: <laughs> slugo, uh,
3: Slant and go for 28 yards against Terry Roberts. That was one of the other receivers. That's the one where the guy actually pushed a little bit off Terry. Yeah. Off his back. Remember that play on uh-huh, our bench? I do.
4: Mm-hmm. Like, yep.
3: And then the other one you remember for sure, because it was a touchdown to Bell, Sluggo versus Hankins. Mm. And it was from the 21-yard line. That's a great place to run it. Because when Bell shows the slant, of course, Hawkins, um, Hankins is thinking, here I am calling him Hawkins, like um, those years last weekend that did the game. <laughs> uh, um, you know, Hankins has to, has to jump that slant, and of course. Uh, that's when they beat him to the uh, to the outside and, and uh, caught the ball in the end zone for another touchdown. So and it was a nicely thrown ball, 49 Beautiful. yards.
5: Yep, and uh, um, O'Connell hit him right in stride too.
3: Yeah, and they did double cut us another time. That's when we got charged with defensive holding. That was against Roberts. I don't. I think it was simply out and go. I believe, but anyway, whatever the route was, it was a double cut and Terry grabbed him just instantaneously. He just grabbed him, but he got flagged for it. it, it they might have let it go, but they didn't. Um, you know, they had a right to call that defensive holding. It, to me, it was kind of a cheap call because he held him for a millisecond almost, and and then he let him go, and a lot of times you get by with that. But um, Saturday we didn't get by with much of anything, did no, we? No, no, we
5: didn't. No, we didn't. Hey, Don, I got one last question. It wasn't. A,
3: <laughs> it wasn't our day. I got nope. one
5: last question. I was on Twitter yesterday. Tom Lemming tweeted out an update of a 2025 kid named Landon Pace. He's a tight end from St. Louis University, the son of Orlando Pace. And there's, a picture, of, there's a picture of Landon with his dad, and I tweeted, Orlando Pace is maybe the greatest offensive lineman I think I've ever seen. And, I, and I've seen a lot of him over the years, but, I mean, you coached against him. How good was he, Orlando Pace?
3: Yeah, he was a great player. The only good thing about it, it's a little bit like Tristan Murphs. If you're playing against Orlando Pace or Tristan Wirfs, at least you're able to say, "Well, he can only block one guy. Now, he might block him every time." Uh, you know, that same poor, with Linderbaum. That yeah. poor defender yeah. may may have no play. No, he may not have a single tackle at the end of the day because Orlando Pace is blocking him, or Tristan Wirfs is blocking him. But at least he can only block one. That's the the only the only consolation you have if you're going against a great lineman is he can't block two guys. That's going to be difficult to do because you know the nature of the game of course you have to block him until the whistle
5: well that's a great point because i th- i isolated on Linderbaum a bunch and he was blocking he was doing his assignment every time but one guy is not enough to Nope. To, uh, it takes you like you said don it takes, it takes the whole group and right now that offensive line needs to get better but yeah we'll talk to you next monday about all the games this weekend and it'll be nice because you know we want we know we won't have to talk about an iowa loss at least For and, sure. and i'm not ready to hit the panic button yet i'm not ready to bench petrus like some people are saying and what have you tom would you like to have seen a backup at all saturday not at all i think that would have been rough throwing a backup nope. into that wouldn't it have donnie
3: well, to be honest with you, that last possession, you know, the way the previous two possessions had gone. Maybe then, yes. then. Yeah, maybe then. Padilla maybe. At the end, think about this. You know, we send Spencer back out, and that's okay. You know, I understand that Brian's thinking, you know, we're trying to get some kind of momentum in the next Saturday. I'm sorry, two Saturdays away. But the other side of the coin, what if Petrus on that last series of downs is injured? Then we'll feel, why weren't we playing Padilla? You that's know? Cause true. Spencer's our best quarterback. Yeah, then you're That's right. Another at that point. reason to consider Padilla is to eliminate any last-minute possibility of an injury to to our starter.
1: So you would have put uh, and, the backup in?
3: Now I forget how much time was left, but there's enough. We had a series of downs to do it. Uh, it would have been okay, and I would have simply explained to Spencer, Spencer, you're still our starting quarterback. I just don't want to risk getting injured sure. at the end of the game when it doesn't matter.
5: Yeah, at that point, yeah, I and
3: had pe- of the game is not going to change. Uh, you know, let's let Alex needs a few reps because if you ever go down, you know we're gonna wish we'd given Alex more reps. So, yep. understand um, you're still a starter. I'm just, I'm just giving you a chance to not be injured at the worst possible time when it doesn't even matter at the end of the game. We've already lost the game.
4: Yeah,
5: I'm talking about people wanted um Peter's bench like late in the third quarter. I don't think that would have been... Oh, no, I wouldn't have done it then because he's still our best quarterback. Yeah, you know, um, we're confident in that's saying right. that. Yep, okay. All right, Donnie, great stuff as usual. Tom? We...
1: Nope, thanks so much, Donnie. You have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you a week from today.
5: Sounds good, guys. Uh, just remind all
3: of those fans that are really heartbroken, um, I'm sure Coach Fry would have said to to the Iowa football team if he could talk to them on Saturday night, uh, you guys, I know you don't think so right now but i promise you the sun's going to come up tomorrow yep
4: yep and, and we're going to
3: carry on this is this is one loss what's critical we got to be sure it only counts as one
1: yep yes sir we
3: got to learn from it then we got to put it behind us and then we got to move on and we got to play football the way we played all those games to begin with okay do it again all right Agreed. johnny do that.
5: thanks coach we'll talk to you in a week
3: yeah take care guys
1: thanks well why don't we take a quick break refill our water jugs and uh, we'll be back with uh, who knows what from the Hurtin' and Stocker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City.
4: Hurtin' and Stocker Jewelers, making memories, making moments. one 800 800 rolls.
1: 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada, from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy, just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember... Hey, everybody.
0: It's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert. And I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blair's Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. an athletic team, you need team players, good athletes, superior equipment, and the best coaches available. In real estate, you need to have a good title and settlement team at your disposal. Hi, this is Steve Anderson. Whether you're buying, selling, or refinancing, you need quality title and settlement services. Consider the team at Hawkeye Title. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye
2: Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental Team provide superior care for your entire family. Car won't steer?
5: Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Visit sales at suples.net or call
0: 337-2246. This is Patrick Eads, owner of Geary Brothers Ford Lincoln, serving Iowa City in the Corridor proud recipient of Ford's President Award for the highest customer satisfaction in both sales and service. Voted Iowa City's Best of the Area for New Car Dealer 2017 through 2019. Voted Iowa City's Best of the Area for Used Car Dealer 2020. Locally owned and operated, we understand the importance of community-minded business. We proudly support youth sports. Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln at the corner of Mormon Trek Boulevard and Highway 1 or online at dearyford.com. Have you heard of the fruit truck? For nearly a decade, the Fruit Truck has been delivering delicious, farm-fresh fruit to communities all over the Midwest. They're a family-owned produce delivery company offering different fruits every month, straight from the farm to you, all year long. Apples, oranges, grapefruit, strawberries, nectarines, pears, peaches, cherries, the list goes on and on. The freshest fruit you can get, delivered to your town. See the schedule and reserve now at MyFruitTruck.com. That's MyFruitTruck.com. KCJJ Weather. Brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths, your home never looks so beautiful.
2: It is going to be sunny and mild here today. Our high right around 75 this afternoon. The wind out of the south at about 5 to 15. Tonight, mostly clear. A little cool. We'll drop down to around 48 for an overnight low tomorrow. Almost exactly like today. Sunny, warm, 74. And then we will see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms on Tuesday night into Wednesday. Looks like things will cool back into the upper 50s to low 60s by later this week. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now, it's 44.
1: Hawk Hawkfanatic.com. HawkFanatic.com. HawkFanatic. <clears throat> it's always good to talk to Donnie, isn't it? Yeah. why?
2: Well,
1: knows the stuff. Yes, he does, and he has a slightly different look at things than 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 we do. Yeah. Because yeah. he knows the stuff.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> Here we go. Here Hello. we go. Here we go.
2: Hello.
0: Hello, how did Minnesota beat
5: Purdue? They scored seven more points.
4: <laughs> well, I figured that much, but. They didn't let David Bell. They didn't let David
5: Bell run loose. They didn't let him get
1: 240 yards, which was Purdue's second best uh, output in their history in 120 years. And he also set a, rec- a Kinnick Stadium record uh, against us Saturday. And they scored 20
5: points. They scored enough to win. I
1: well,
0: mean, didn't it also rain? I, I,
5: I, well, I watched I the think game. I was in the rain. I don't recall the so, rain. No. Be- no, I don't recall the weather being that big of a factor. That's not why they won or lost. They just had a better game plan and executed better than Iowa did.
3: Now, I had Now, I heard a lot of pessimistic people saying, that they didn't think we're going to win another game. Oh, well, that's,
5: stupid. that's just stupid. That's, that's, that's yeah, they're going to lose at home to Illinois. I mean, come on, that's just. Oh, well, that's stupid.
3: what I figured. At
4: least no. they'll beat Illinois, but they're
5: going to probably win at Northwestern. They'll—I'd be stunned if they don't win at least two or three more games. Yeah, yeah. at least. I mean, but don't do they overreact.
4: Go out trouble with Wisconsin. Yes.
5: And-
3: Maybe Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota maybe, will be hard. At least maybe home. Nebraska. Nebraska
5: will be hard. Yep. Be, and I've got them losing at Wisconsin. I had them losing at Wisconsin prior to the season. I also had Me them too. losing at Northwestern, but I don't think they're going to lose to Northwestern. I
1: don't either. Okay, well, let's let's
3: hope we can beat everybody else.
5: That's the Let's hope, hope so, Karen. Yep.
2: Okay,
3: thanks.
5: Yeah, but, but just so I... we're not going to win another game. That's I just overreaction That's stupid.
2: You know, it just – yeah, the whole damn thing. Well, this first of all, we did win 12 games in a row. Right? Yes, I, you know, and, and that so, counts I mean, for something. That does count for something. So you oh. don't just throw out everything. Well, we didn't win 13 had, in a row.
5: No. No, I think the story from Saturday is that Jeff Brom owns Kirk Ferentz. I mean, I don't mean to be flippant or anything, but he's just got – Kirk doesn't have an answer for Jeff Brom, and Phil doesn't have an answer for well, Jeff
1: and, uh, yes, David Bell owns Phil Parker.
5: Yes, and David Bill is very good, but they've played against other – John Dotson's very good. You didn't see him? No. Now, granted, the quarterback. I. The more I do look at this, though, that Sean Clifford injury was huge. Y- it, I mean, was. The, the sure it was. The way I watched Iowa play against Purdue Saturday – I'm, if Clifford would have stayed in that game, I it very well could have had a different outcome. But he got hurt, and that's football. So if he, he
1: had played as well this, as O'Connell. Did. Well, he was. Yes, I mean, he was, well, he was.
5: Uh, he had 200 yards midway through the second quarter. He did throw two the picks. two interceptions, but both of them were kind of... The one was he was just pressured, and I, he made a bad decision. The other one, he just threw the ball downfield, and I don't think he thought Riley Moss had any way of intercepting that pass. But, But no, he did get hurt. That's part of football. It's not worth overreacting. But I also think... It's fair to say Iowa was not the number two team in the country.
1: No, I think we all felt and that. Well, the Ed, polls
5: are silly. I mean, Ed
1: Farron said that.
5: Yeah, they're not <laughs> the number two country. They would not. I, they're not as good as Alabama. They're not as good as Georgia. I do think that they mm, can beat Cincinnati that's on Purdue. A, I think they could get beat Cincinnati on a given day. And I do. If they played Purdue ten times, do you think Purdue wins nine? No, but I think they win six or seven. Yeah, and um, so we'll see. I mean, they need to go up and. My biggest concern about Wisconsin, I just don't see any way they're going to run the ball. I just see Petrus running for his life, throwing short down and outs to Laporta before he gets sacked, and I see a bunch of three and outs, and I see that game being like ten to three going to the fourth quarter.
1: And so we got to play. You know, the thing that disappointed me, sad, I thought our game plan was very poor, both oh, I offensively too. and defensively. And I don't normally go that way because obviously don't Brian
5: Ferentz knows way more about football than any of us. Mm-hmm. But I've watched enough football. For example. They had that third and eight, I think, and they throw the ball to Goodson in the flat with nobody blocking in front they're like here you need to get nine yards but you need to make those four defenders it just looked like a defeated call you just i I just it
1: wasn't going to happen
5: it just wasn't going to happen and david bill's got a huge target on his back iowa emphasizes him and yet he was open the whole game and yet tyrone tracy i don't think has a target on his back anymore i don't think anyone even paid and yet he can't get open what is that what is going on and people talk about tracy with his drops yes he has that drop but so is laporta Sam has had Sam's had a a, a decent amount of drops, so I get that. There's something going on with the Tyrone Tracy to Petrus connection. It's just not. I looked at two or three times where Tyrone was open going down the seam, but Spencer had already committed to throwing a shorter route to Laporta, and it seems like there's times where he doesn't let the play develop long enough for Tyrone, or he doesn't anticipate where Tyrone's going to be, and he won't throw the ball. So, but.
1: Or he doesn't have enough time to let the pattern develop. He's running for his life.
5: And then people said, well, you know, he's just not a primary target. We've got... um Reganey and Charlie Jones They're and they but if you look at Reganey and Charlie they don't have many catches no they don't the receivers just don't have many catches the receivers have just not been a major part of the offense they got to figure out a way to get Keegan Johnson five six seven touches per game the rest of the, it's not rocket science you can get him the ball and I just think yesterday or Saturday he had two touches for 50 yards yeah you got to give him more touches you got to give him opportunities to make people miss. You can't do everything with X's and O's. At some point, you have to re- – like that play where um, Bill gained 60 on that – that pass was like five – two yards down. He did the rest of it on his own. The X's and O's were over the moment he caught that ball. Mm-hmm. The rest was him. I think Iowa needs to have a little more faith in their playmakers. That's all I'm saying.
1: And, you know, you know Wisconsin, in passing situations, they're going to bring five, six, seven guys – Take advantage of them, have some screens for guys. Do they sakes. play Purdue
5: this week? Yes. Okay. And is that at Wisconsin?
1: Um. No, I don't. I'm not positive. Uh, look, I kind of think it's at Purdue.
5: Okay. And I, it'll be interesting. I part of me thinks Wisconsin's going to win that game. They're going to see what Iowa didn't. Well, oh, I think
1: Wisconsin absolutely will win that. Game. I don't
5: think Purdue's on their way to a ten and two season. No, I think Purdue's going to be lucky to win six or seven games. No, I, Which makes Saturday I would more say probably fun. seven. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that means they still have yeah, to win. they're at
1: Purdue. That yeah.
5: means they have to win three more games, and at least two or three of those games, to me, are unwinnable. I mean, they're not going to beat Ohio State.
1: No, they're not. And I know I think Wisconsin's going to beat them. And, and then
5: Wisconsin's going to come into that Iowa game four and three with a ton of momentum and a chance – that would make them five and three. Then they're back. They're back on a roll again. They're so
1: back. And if they beat Iowa, then they have the tiebreaker, tiebreaker over both over Iowa right? yep. and Purdue.
5: So Wisconsin's season is far from over, but they still got to get something from their quarterback. And right now, I mean, Graham Mertz has been worse than Petrus.
1: Uh He has. No, he's been terrible. He's been terrible. And, and the difference is, their running back is not not dynamic. Not dynamic. Nope. They don't have. He's that solid, dynamic, but he's not dynamic. The
2: stupidest thing, though, is. Uh, put in another quarterback with Pietrus. Who we don't? We I don't agree. Don't have another at the end, like Don said. That's fine. When I, I,
5: I guess, was yeah. I was talking more about late in the third yeah. and the fourth. That would have been, They're not as good as Peters, or they'd be playing. Yeah, or they'd yeah. at least try them. They're seeing stuff in practice that must convince them that these guys aren't ready. So, yeah. so we'll see. I was. I mean, the Twitter. My Twitter feed was filled. With anti-Brian Ferent stuff after, I mean, it was yeah, strong. It was out very, there, and I do think the father-son dynamic helps fuel that, don't you? It sure, it does.
2: Hello.
6: The Hawks are going to be okay. Everybody has a bad day. Sometimes Ashley Henson can only eat six Big Macs for lunch. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and that's low-hanging
4: fruit.
2: Uh,
5: yeah. Uh-oh, he's starting to rub you. You got to do better. <laughs> yeah. Is what you're saying? Well, that yeah. pick it up is what you're it saying. Low-hanging yeah. fruit.
2: Yeah. He just uh He's carried, struggling. He yeah, just like the Hawks did. Okay. Poor, game, that, plan. Was, was <laughs> poor the, game plan. Was that
5: the Was that the Iowa offensive line right there or was that the Iowa secondary right there? <laughs> secondary. All right, all right.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really poor game plan. Now we gotta have fake Ackerman's son fail.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Hello okay. Here we go. <laughs> Hello. Hi. We've Hello. Got
5: quick,
3: quick question.
6: Football question.
4: Uh huh.
6: For you, uh, is Petrus uh, checking down a lot less than what Stanley used to do? It just strikes me that he hardly ever switches the players. That me just being ignorant.
5: You know, I I I'm not, not sure. I wish Donnie could be here to answer that. I don't know. I do think that Nate, as he progressed was more willing to throw downfield and take chances. Mm -hmm. Spencer just seems like, and now at the end there when he got intercepted, they were in panic. They were trying. I mean, that was a little misleading. I think there were some bad throws, but I'm not sure about that. All I know is Spencer seems reluctant to throw downfield. He seems reluctant to take chances. He loves hitting Laporta on those little down and outs.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay. That was my only question. That's a good question. We can
1: ask
5: Donnie that next Monday.
1: And, you know, this is simplistic, but I think, Spencer Petras' problems are more of the offensive line than Spencer Petrus, Well,
5: and I bel- I agree with that too. And part of that is because of who Spencer Petrus is. He can't run. No, that's, he can't that's avoid right. a rush. And if you're not going to get a dual threat quarterback, at least a quarterback that can run at all, then you better make sure that all the that pieces around him. And right now, they don't have that.
1: No, and he doesn't have time. And he gets he gets a little antsy and then he and starts to
5: make well most quarterbacks make mistakes when they don't have any time. Even Tom Brady does. Yeah. Graham Mertz is a little better of a scrambler than Spencer he, a, a little bit. He's better. a better he runner is. than Spencer Peters, so that'll give Wisconsin an option. Iowa just doesn't have the option when the play breaks down as Spencer going for nine on third and eight. He no. just doesn't do it. No, they don't. Stanley did it a little bit more as he got more experience, but the thing with the sneaks is Nate Stanley was two hundred and forty. He was built way yeah, strong Yeah, he was a expense, strong, just strong, big, he could, strong dude. Spencer's not going to move the pile. That and I agree with Don. Try the quarterback sneak maybe once, but the fact that they went back to it the second time and then leave it up to the official, I just, I didn't think they were going to get that call. It just, I mean, how do you judge? How do you judge where somebody is and when there's a big pile of bodies? It's Hello. So hard.
0: Hey guys. Hey, it's Southern Justin. I just want to say I'm very disapp- I'm very disappointed.
2: We we are disappointed in you too.
5: Let okay.
4: Okay. Yeah. Let it go. Let the
5: silence. Hello, <laughs> so, yeah, no. darkness. What are you disappointed for? <laughs> I'm, I'm very
0: disappointed that uh, that Purdue won. The Iowa Hawkeye should have
1: won. Well, we didn't play well enough, and we weren't ready to play.
5: So if David Bill came into your pizza place, would you give him a free pizza?
1: I would give all the Hawkeyes player
0: a free pizza. <laughs>
5: Did he answer my question?
2: Even Coach Ferris. What about David? Even Coach, does, does. What well, even David? Coach would get one.
5: But not David Bill. <laughs> How about David Bill?
0: I wouldn't give David. I would. I would. I wouldn't give David Bill a free pizza.
5: No.
2: Do you have any authority to give anybody a free pizza? Nope, it, you gotta talk. To, you gotta talk to the boss about that. Okay. There
5: you go. All right, that's how it works. All
2: right, thank you. But if,
0: if if Coach Burris is listening, if he, if he ever comes he down isn't. to Mazios, they all get a free. Pizza. I'll let him
5: know. Well, I'm sure he's listening, yeah. so he'll have to make that decision on yeah. his own.
0: Well, you can meet Southern Justin. There you go. Yeah, you go. yeah. All right.
5: I think he's the Southern Justin yeah. fan. Oh, of that was, I, I haven't asked him. I'm sure he is without later. question. Those had two really good awkward <laughs> silence moments. The first one was great. That's why I started singing the sound of silence. What do you think of that call?
1: I thought that he should have been given the opportunity to give the menus, just like Alex Padilla should have been given the opportunity at the, the I last. I think Molly position.
2: looks forward to those menus. Yeah, Molly
5: can have the menus. Yeah, I'm okay without the menus. Do you think he, he wanted to give the menus and we cut him off? Did I think you? so. You cut him off.
2: I well, uh, time is uh, of, of, of the essence. Efforts. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Time has come today. Is that another Hello. call? I'm very surprised because Pat how are you Jesus them. Christ.
4: All right,
5: do the menus. Let's do them. I am hungry. Yeah. Let's do, yeah. do the menus right now.
0: Yeah. let well, say for the Regina Catholic School, they're having a breaded chicken sandwich.
5: Sounds good.
1: Probably with spicy. fresh
0: romaine salad and apple sauce. Good. That's not the Regina Catholic School now for the Iowa City Schools. Eat a beef hot out, dog on bun.
1: But not in bun.
0: Not in bun, but on bun.
1: Okay. Don't you think, Tom? Breaded would
0: love chicken this on, on bun, show. apple delight cookies, <laughs> calico beans, pineapple tidbits, and mandarin oranges. And for the Burlington Iowa schools, they're having popcorn chicken Yum. with mashed potatoes, garden salad, and diced pears. Yum. And that's the lunch menu is on Hawks Fanatics on the Mighty, 1630. <laughs> KCJJ.
5: All right, well, there you go. Did I see, were they making the, they were eating um, pineapple and mandarin oranges. Double fruit for the side dish. I'm not sure if
1: I would like that. I've never been a a big mandarin orange fan, and I love oranges.
5: I love oranges. I'm not a big mandarin fan, Uh -uh. but I don't need double fruit as my side. I want something unhealthy to go along with the fruit. Don't you? Fries.
2: tried to help
5: you. Hey, we got the, we got the menus today. That just adds value to this. Don Patterson and the menus. I mean, how do you, you can't lose with that.
1: Yes, you can.
5: <laughs> were you surprised so many fans left? I no, really wasn't. All, That's just the no. nature of the beast now.
1: No. Uh, the, the students got the hell out. Oh, they
5: were gone by midway through the third quarter. They court.
1: wanted to go have some drinks and party. get laid. Yeah, and...
5: party. Seeger.
1: <laughs> but no, the, the fans were flat, too. There's, there's no no question about it. Hello.
0: Governor Reynolds was really mad about people leaving early. He said, "There's plenty of beer in the concession stand
4: still."
1: No, no, because no. they closed the beer sales at yeah
2: after on. the third
5: quarter. He's struggling? No, yeah, not even yeah, close. It is. It's is, like
2: it, a live, reliving Saturday. Is he more Brian Ferentz or Phil again. Parker right now? It's <laughs> like reliving Saturday.
5: Yeah, he is. He's just yeah. and, and it's not getting better. He no. keeps trying to call a play. No, and now
2: what if KGYM challenges us No. How do we answer them That's up back? to you guys. That's yeah. up to you guys.
5: Yeah, But that's two bad ones for fake Ackerman. Yeah, And you know right now he's re-strategizing. He's sitting there thinking, what can I do to make these guys laugh? You think that's what he's saying? Well, well he should be going back over his yeah.
1: material, back to the basics. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. So you got uh, fake
5: Russell. Ackerman, Brian Ferrance and Phil Parker all going back to the drawing board. Is that yeah. what we're saying? Yeah. And then meanwhile, Southern Justin continues to just purr along, you know? He's on. He's on his game. I must.
1: I was really yes. disappointed uh, Saturday with our our defensive game plan. I mean, it was oh, ridiculous. Yeah, de- no, I mean, we David
5: bad everywhere. David Bill was, but when Kerner came out and said, "Well, our strategy was to to never let David Bill get isolated on single coverage," and I think we did a pretty good job. Um, well, not even close. Not even close. He was. I kept saying to myself, "Why is he always just having? Why is Hankins just guarding him every place?" We thought that. Terry Roberts was going to be exposed, but Iowa made – Iowa, Phil Parker doesn't always do this either. He basically said, Matt, you're going to follow David Bill wherever he goes. But unfortunately, he didn't give him any help. And it's not as if David Bell was making circus catches out there or that O'Connell was throwing in incredibly tight windows. He was wide open. He was wide open. And and the long one, the 60-yarder where he ran, that was just David Bill making a play and Matt just being a step – out of position to make the play. Had he tackled him there? Were, and that's also the play where Matt got hurt. That's yeah. where he landed awkwardly on his right shoulder. But they left him in. You could tell he was sort of dragging his arm the rest of the game. But like I said before, you don't have a backup that's better than an injured Matt Hankins? Apparently not. Yeah, apparently not.
2: So, but How many uh, in our audience left after that second uh, fake Ackerman? Uh, call. <laughs> and
5: we can't blame them. No, not at all. They pay a lot of dollars to listen to this show. <laughs> I will say Kinnick was almost empty by the time that game ended. No, I mean, it was. was empty.
1: And I, I get where Donnie's coming from, but you know it, it's a symbiotic thing. I agree.
5: It was weird though. They rushed the field in both weeks, and they just went in different directions. <laughs> One week they went to the field, and the other week they went away to the, from the field. That's what I And I did my power rankings. I had I moved Iowa down to 6th. And I, moved, I, I, I could not in good – I still think ultimately Iowa's going to end up being above Purdue. I do, too. Right now, though, you have to put Purdue above Iowa.
1: I, I guess.
5: I mean, they're 4-2. They've got one loss in the conference, and they were vastly superior. But I still put Iowa ahead of Minnesota. I can't rank Iowa below both, even though – and the reason I put Purdue ahead of Minnesota is Minnesota still doesn't have that big signature win on the road. They did win at Purdue, but that's not a signature win. No. Iowa Minnesota and Purdue, though, that Minnesota game is going to be tougher than we think.
1: It is well. They're all going to be Illinois. We should be able to handle Illinois.
5: North now Northwestern yeah. there, and with the Fitz factor. But if they're behind Northwestern, twenty to fourteen, going to the fourth, I'm going to be. Disappoint. they're better than Northwestern.
1: Northwestern, yeah, they are. But Northwestern's getting a little bit better too.
5: Yeah, they sold Rutgers to seven. one seven. But I think Rutgers is in not free fall now. They don't have an offense. That Noah Vedrel, there's a reason he transferred from Nebraska. He's yeah. not he's just he's not, not very good. He's just not very good. No, he isn't. Shiano needs to get his own quarterback in there. Rutgers is what lost four in a row now. So we'll see but Northwestern they're 3 and 3 now. I mean they've got like and Fitz is the master motivator and he's has he's had Kirk's number but in different ways than Brom. Fitz has it more from an emotional defensive standpoint where his defense always seems to rise but he doesn't have Patty Fisher and Greg Newsom anymore no. that defense isn't no, as good so but yeah this stuff will never win another game just stop with oh, that Jesus. crap
1: i hate that there's no reason to say that you know when no. 12 straight 12 yeah. lose one game and then oh they're not going to win another game yeah.
5: and the schedule's not that hard no it isn't they don't have michigan they don't have michigan state they don't have ohio state the schedule's pretty easy hello
6: hello hey um talking about um, the Minnesota-Purdue game a little bit, you guys. I think David Bell got hurt in that game. Oh, that's right. He got a concussion. with was out with a um, pro, um, concussion protocol for a uh, while. That's right. You're right that about that. I forgot it. he
5: was out. He did miss a big chunk of that game. But even yeah. when he was in, though, he wasn't getting open like he was against Iowa, because I watched the game.
6: No, no, no. Um, I had to put up with a lot of abuse on Saturday. I got a friend of mine that's a Purdue graduate and we bet um, dinners on Purdue-Iowa games. I'm down four dinners
5: right now. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm sorry to hear that. So where did, did you, get to, yeah. do you get to choose where the dinner is?
6: Um, most time we have it in Daytona when we're both
5: down there. Oh, okay. Week. I was going to say you could probably do a McDonald's as opposed to Joseph's. Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that what you do, Captain, if you were the yeah, loser in that bet? I business? would. I would. Yep. So I would, too,
6: but he won't let me do that because I used to take him for some pretty good rides when we were up, too. Okay. Hey, what you guys do
1: on your own times, your own business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, you guys have a great day and go on. All right.
5: right. Yeah, you, too. You want to hear another funny McDonald's story? Yeah. I went there yesterday to get a breakfast sandwich, I think it was. And you know when you pull in, they got the two? Yeah yeah there was one already there, placing an order, and I went to the one that was unoccupied and all I had was a small drink and it, so it was really quick and I pull up there, and then all hell just breaks loose and when i get when I finally get they didn't it they were confused about my order, so then when I pay for my order, then I get up to get the food. The same girl that was there from the other story where they were all yeah, she starts lecturing me about how I cut in front of the other car and it screwed them all up, and they didn't have my sandwich ready and I just looked at her and I'm like. I'm like, man, this is not rocket science. I mean, what do you, what do you mean? My, you, you didn't have my sandwich ready. She's like, well, did you pull up to your spot? And there was another car. I'm like, it was in the other lane, obviously given a much longer order. And she's like, well, that's where things went awry. And I'm like, and I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you pro- if you cut in front and that screwed up our sequence. And I'm like, you need to work on your sequence. Then. Because, you know, some people order like they'll take forever to order. I just went in, boom, boom. And and then when I got my sandwich, I didn't eat it until I got halfway. The cheese was ice cold. You could tell they just threw the thing together. That's, and it was, just, it was just bizarre.
2: There was a car. They, they yelled at me. This was months ago. But they yelled at me for the same thing and the car was just sitting there.
5: Well, some people take forever to order. Yeah, but then they just sit there. They don't move forward. But you would think when the the order that it, just pays in the window, they yeah. see that one, okay, hey, the, the yes. guy that ordered the one things ahead of the other car. But it was it was just yeah. she was so cute lecturing me about it. Though it's the same girl that was telling everybody, "Be quiet." We'll figure this out. And it was just it was just kind of funny. But she kind of scolded me for cutting in line. Well,
2: I got torqued off. I, oh, uh, I did too, and my yeah. cheese was cold. And this was some guy. Uh, but the car was sitting there. You know, Why what should are you, you supposed wait? to do? You're not I'm spo- not, I don't, counting who's making what. And it was
5: my first time ever ordering a McGriddle. Yeah. No, but oh,
2: griddles no, are nasty, terrible. Yeah, Amy, Amy terrible. will get
5: them, but no, those are horrible. No, nasty. that's terrible. terrible. And Then you
2: got to hold the thing, and it's goopy. It was just not good. I'll Hello. never get it again. Hello, guys. How you guys hey, are you
6: doing? Hey, Steve. Good, Steve. Hey, a couple of things. One, I think that you know we talk about quarterback, but I, I look at line, offensive line. Of course, we don't have the veteran line that we used to do. Of course, we have a new offensive line coach. I think that's a bigger deal. Because when you have that, it's always in the trenches. I think sometimes it gets forgotten about that.
1: Oh, I agree. I well, agree. We lost in the trenches big time, both offensively and defensively.
6: And, of course, we really don't have a lot of veteran line. We just basically won. And, you know, to me, that's, you know, it gets lost. And then I think you see a lot of teams going after a lot of blitzing. And when you don't have a mobile quarterback, that doesn't help.
5: You're right. It all adds up. Yes, it does. And
6: the other thing, too, you know, like. We will never know what the loss of Rodney Moss was. He's such a good leader, and with him not being there, we'll never know if that would have had an impact or not.
4: Nope.
5: I mean, that probably would have helped. I mean, obviously he's a starter for a reason.
6: And, of course, you know, he seems like a person that's a good leader, but you lose kind of a leader, that does make a difference, but we'll never know if it's going to – would have made a difference or not. The other thing, too, that's interesting, when we had the big game – I heard him talk a lot in the Big Ten Network – we have a big game like Penn State. We always hear about these games with these letdown after a big win, and who knows if that it just happens. But it's just weird how one minute you have a big game, and then sometimes you don't have a letdown. And who knows if there's anything to that or not?
5: Yeah, no, good point, yeah.
6: So, good show. Thanks. All right.
5: Thanks, man. I tweeted that Don was, said he was disappointed that so many fans left. Here's a response from a, a guy. And I can't sorry. Iowa was awful. The offense was awful. The defense was awful. The coaches were awful. Would you stay for a movie you paid to see if it was awful? The players probably didn't want to stay either. I mean, well, I don't agree cl- with the last part of that. but
1: Well, they didn't look like Have you ever did. walked
5: out of a movie theater midway through a movie because it was so bad? I don't believe I have. I don't think I have either, but I haven't been to a movie since the last I movie don't I saw. I remember,
2: was. I think I did, but I don't remember I don't, what I don't it was. Think I but have. I ordered a damn movie. Uh, uh, t- both. That's Dan different. And I. You're at
5: home. It's easier to get away. Oh, you're, you're,
1: yeah, but after you spend like
2: well, true. Yeah,
5: I have not been to a movie theater since 2003.
1: Tree of Life. Well, oh, I think we've been to film crime. scene three or four times in the last couple. I of months. haven't been one since since COVID, i think the
5: last movie i went to was alien versus predator and i went i took my nephew to alien versus predator
1: 18 years ago yeah something like that and i haven't been back since <laughs> what the odds for
2: prior the, to that uh, i think it was blazing the predator sellers. had the no prior to
5: that it was um, i hadn't been to a movie since 1982 a did movie you thing. go to
2: draft kings and place a no, bet on i did on not. Predator. i did not <laughs> hello Hey, don't know if you mentioned it much, but uh, how about that field hockey win on Friday? Yes.
4: yes. That was
1: great. That was fantastic. They have had an amazing season.
5: Undefeated, Big Ten champions. Yep, and yeah, what a... And they're actually a group of kids. Thanks. Yep. Go hard. Yep. And they're goalkeeper. They're goalkeeper. I can't hear Gracie, I can't remember her last name, but she's the Shields Hawk fanatic athlete of the week. She she pitched a shutout yesterday. Yeah, no, field hockey is I think they're what are they Sixteen and oh, seven and oh in the Big ten, clinched a share of the Big Ten title, second time in three years. Salute, she's gotta be the Big Ten coach of your, She may could be the national coach. Of
1: she should maybe should be. Now the
5: thing with them, when you're this good and this high, if you don't win a national title, you're almost disappointed. Well. Yeah. I mean, but that's the pressure of being that good. But, no, great job by the Iowa field hockey team. And I was glad we had Dallas Jones out there covering the winning goal on Friday. He actually got video of it, drove a lot of traffic. And I think it's helping. To, I mean, this field hockey team is catching. They had over 1,200 fans at the game Friday. They're that's catching great. the imagination of fans. It's great.
1: That's one, something that's been real interesting is uh, they uh, announced these teams, you know, in the stoppage of play at the football games, you know, the soccer teams and the baseball team and the uh, field hockey team and it's amazing how well all of these teams
5: are doing Mm -hmm. no it is i mean this is a good time for iowa athletics all around i mean i like we said before this is as good as we've um had it in a long time maybe since the mid-80s and i did hear from quinn early's pr people they got back to me in the afternoon and sort of kind of blamed him and Asked if he could come on right now. It was like two fifteen in the afternoon, and threw him under I the just bus. didn't respond. I mean, no. it's not like we're on the radio all day.
2: <laughs> kind of threw him under the bus. Hey, we put
5: it on his docket. He knew all about it, and you know, yeah. so what are you going to do? Stuff happens.
2: <laughs> That's great. It's his fault.
5: And then we do have Wednesday. Sasha Schmidt and Alexa Noel will be coming on at ten o'clock to talk about tennis. I was hosting that big tennis. Yeah, uh, big tennis meet or tournament this weekend at the tennis. They got a great. Have you seen their tennis facility? I have not. Oh man, their tennis facility—it's really nice. I mean, I, I was pretty. Is it much, down there off Mormon Track? It's right by the Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I was. Nice. I haven't seen it. Their their facilities are pretty much up to date on everything.
1: Now. Well, I can tell you, I have not seen the football complex yet, and I'm going to see it for the first time on Thursday. Very for impressive. Our, Donnie Patterson class.
5: It's very impressive, but it's nothing that nobody else has. Iowa yeah. needed to get that to, uh-huh. to catch up. It's, yeah, it's a lot different than the bubble. I mean, I remember when the bubble was probably Well, the
1: bubble was cutting edge for a
5: while. It was for a while. Remember when that big balloon landed on Gilligan's yeah. Island? Yeah. That's what the, and then Gilligan punctured it. It was a weather balloon. That's what the bubble reminded no, me of.
2: No, it did. only it was never even why no. would Gilligan
1: puncture it? How stupid! Because he is thought that? it was a he
5: thought it was a giant centipede, I believe. Jesus Christ! He thought it was a giant what monster. What kind of writing oh, is that? Yeah, I mean, can you believe? You're stranded
1: on an island. Uh, hot air balloons there that could take you off the island, and he punctures it.
5: Yep, because he thought it was a big centipede. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. what
2: happens if he gets off the island? End of series. Yeah, okay? that's a good good point. Yeah.
5: Yeah, they could have gone back to Hawaii. And well, like, they
2: ended up going back.
5: I mean, Gilligan could have become like a drug addict, and it could have been completely you know, went the other way.
2: Very seriously, Rescue from Gilligan's Island is one of the most watched. And they've got now new movies and everything on Tubi. It's one of the most watched movies on Tubi.
5: You couldn't pay me to watch that. <laughs> or Return to Mayberry. Oh, uh, Thelma Lou died. Yeah, we talked about that during the break. Yeah. she's the, All that's left now are Ronnie and Clint. Yeah. They're the only ones left from and that. Now show. nobody
2: will remember it because it's the day that uh, Colin Powell died.
5: Yeah, of this COVID. Is true. No, he was he was he compromised. Had, he had a lot of. He
2: had blood cancer. Yeah, he had a lot of issues, and he had Parkinson's. So, I mean, yeah, he, he it was going again.
5: But COVID us. obviously didn't help. No, because you know the 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 anti-vaxxers are ah oh, see these vaccinations mean no, crap. I mean, yeah,
2: you, you I, I bounced two of them I'm off of our page because. You know, he had blood cancer. Well, it's the same. Listen, I've got chronic uh, rheumatoid arthritis. It's an immune thing, mm-hmm. so you—that's why I am not going to the games. That's why Jen, That's a good decision. I'm going to get my Jen flu shot. Won't let me out of her sight.
5: I'm getting my flu shot. Right? I assume I can just go up to Highview on First yeah. Avenue and yep. get a flu shot, right? Yeah. No can. questions. Do I have to show them my insurance card or anything? Because uh, it's free, right? I, you know, it's I don't. For, I you don't have to fill out a.
2: You have to fill out a sheet saying you don't have anything, you don't have
5: syphilis. like what I don't have. What any pride, or money, oh, syphilis? Or...
1: I mean, you ha- yeah, you have to fill
2: out. <laughs> yeah, a you don't have any pride. Have... and then you put. They'll say why, and you say, "Casey
4: J I'll
5: say that I don't have pride, <laughs> but I'm not sure about syphilis. Is that what yeah. I should say?
2: <laughs> Fake actor, but you know that's the reason.
5: Is <laughs> it syphilis what killed Al Capone? Yeah, eventually.
2: Yeah. yeah. Hello.
0: You are talking about the bubble earlier. That's the Secret Service code name for
2: Representative
5: Hinton. Give them, all right, that's better. Yeah, that was... coming back. That was solid. That was sort of like I had Phil Parker started doubling. So we have hope
2: for Wisconsin.
1: Well, he didn't say that.
2: <laughs> well, he's coming back. Do you think
1: Ashley listens? No. no. Not at all. And no. if she did, she doesn't anymore. Yeah, if she did once... <laughs>
5: Because you've had her on playing the violin here, haven't you? Yeah. 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 It was funny. I, t- I, I shot a little video of Scratch yesterday, and some Iowa fan, he goes, "Yeah, well, you know, Scratch has obviously moved on from Sally's Law, so maybe I can too. I thought that was kind of funny.
2: Do you know, it wasn't uh, her politic. It was the comment uh, that she re- was
5: re- – uh, re- a uh, recovering journalist. Yeah, yes. recovering journalist. I saw that. Did I'm like, screw me. you. I mean,
2: it, it, just... it really wasn't the policy. Well, she was playing to Trump. Yeah, but that just torqued me. I torqued a lot you... of people she worked with too. Yeah, you were on Channel Nine for she you know, sh- years. She and made years. a good
5: living because of the other profession. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what really. did and it And that's for the only me.
1: reason she got elected is
5: because yeah.
2: of her name recognition. It, and name recognition. that's what really did it for me. Very seriously, yeah. was that it wasn't, it wasn't the the trump worship the, it wasn't that no it I, was, I, I, can, yeah. I you know because she really isn't in our district or anything so True. i really didn't care and there's but, trump
5: worshipers out there i get it yeah. i've accepted that they they worship yeah. the guy they wanted and that's just you know but yeah.
2: uh, that's did it the recovering no, journalist. i thought it was a cheap shot it was a, it's a real cheap shot considering that's the only reason people know you and you represented that station I mean, what is, yeah, I'm sure the workers, uh, the people that worked there were pissed off. What's a you slap know? in the face? Mm
5: hmm. No, it really is. So, but, but yeah, I, um, so suitor Saturday night, you were fine. It, you didn't carry it with you home? No, I just watched some more football and, um, no, I mm-hmm. was okay. When did you think that they were going to lose?
1: Uh, the, extremely early on.
5: Because you had him winning like 31-14, didn't you? Yeah,
1: extremely early on when David Bell had uh, a couple passes where he wasn't even close to being defended, and I knew we didn't have a plan for him. God, he's good. He is, but he's not that. He's not doing that against anybody else.
5: Well, he is. He averages eight catches a game. So. But
1: he does, doesn't average two hundred. No, yards I mean, but
5: he's had many games over hundred yards. Oh yes, I mean, he torches. But they Absolutely. don't systematically beat a team the way they beat Iowa. No, I mean, they're barely going to be a five hundred team this year if they stay five hundred. And but they've had the I think the four and eight team beat Iowa. Yeah, the team last year that went two and four beat Iowa. So Purdue doesn't have to be good to beat Iowa. That's what's kind of discouraging. Not. That's what's sort of discouraging about it. But, like I said, the two games I worry most about now are Wisconsin and Nebraska. Minnesota, I'd worry more if it was there. Yes. But it's here, and I think that'll be a big difference. And Minnesota's down to their third-team running back. But, by God, they don't miss a beat.
1: And we should be able to beat Illinois?
5: Yes. They don't miss. Minnesota just doesn't. They they continue to run the ball. Their offensive line is really good. Hello.
6: Uh, Make Quinn early be early.
5: What? What? That sounded like Otis. <laughs> yeah. He said, "Make Quinn early. Be early." Was that English? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. really thought s- of
2: disconnecting this line.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you imagine if we had no calls?
2: Yippee! Yeah, I know. It, it'd I said gym class. Say it. Well, we couldn't yeah. have Donny. <laughs> oh yeah, we couldn't have Donny.
5: You know, but um. But Donnie was up in the press box with his wife during the game, so it was interesting. I was go, I'd go down and talk to him some, and you could just tell by halftime he was very discouraged. You could just tell he yeah. didn't think this was going to end well.
1: But we knew it wasn't.
5: At halftime, you'd given up. You thought com- I hadn't no. completely given up at halftime. I hadn't. I still thought they might do something, but
1: we couldn't block them. And we couldn't, uh, had no answer for David
5: Bell. But you can't say that they couldn't. I mean, when Tyler Goodson gained 68 yards on 12 carries, they could run the ball at times. At times. They just didn't. They gave up on it. They just gave up on it. But, like, the fact that they were going so many three and outs. But I just, I, I, yes, David Bell was huge, but I still think the inability to run the ball is where this unraveling started. I mean, it it just short changes their offense so much.
4: Hey,
3: in the uh, press box, how close are you sitting to Dolph?
5: He's in a different corner. He's he's not in the same room I'm in. He's in a booth over one or two over.
2: Ah, okay. No, I have a friend that was in the box over for the last game, and she said
3: that uh, he uh, tapped on the glass and told him to quiet down. So I didn't realize that he was that
5: close to everybody else yeah, yeah there's there's fans in of- some that some of those little booths up there that you've got some fans in there but Dolph's a couple over from us so yeah he's not in the same section i'm in
3: yeah perfect yeah i just found it odd that <clears throat> if they're on live radio that i mean there would even be any sort of chance for background feed if they're just oh there is their own little there area. definitely
5: is yeah yeah it can get right loud on. up there all right see you yep and sometimes the loudness is caused by people loyal to the visiting team i mean those purdue I mean, the coaches sometimes get excited, but there's other people that sit up there, prominent people, and there was some cheering going on when that game ended, but they had had a reason to be excited. That was a Mm -hmm. huge win for Jeff Brown. Oh, huge. He needed that. They were struggling. I mean, this was a team that had scored 13 points in each of its last three games and had lost two of them. So it's not like what happened Saturday was just a continuation of Purdue dominance. No. It was almost like an aberration. It's just, like I said, I I wrote today in my picks that um, Purdue would be Alabama if they could play Iowa every week. They really oh, yeah. they, I mean, yeah. they, they would be but fortunately now Iowa will never play David Bill again. There's no way he comes back for his senior. Why would he? Well, he he shouldn't. He's going to probably be a first round pick. And I mean Iowa did try to recruit him. He was in there. I went back and looked. They made their final six. He took an official visit here, but I from the reading I I don't think it ever felt like he was going to come here. No, I And he don't made think the right so. decision. I mean, Purdue is a better place for a receiver for Indianapolis if he if, to probably go, when you oh, say, man, under Jeff Brom? Of course. There's no slight against Iowa. There's better fits for Iowa with some players, too. But David Bill picked the great fit for what he wanted to get out of his college football career. Well,
1: and he's getting it.
5: And he's getting it big time. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, it was just, but it was just discouraging. You knew it was going to end at some point. I just didn't think it would end against Purdue at home. Yeah. But I underestimated the Jeff Brom factor with Kirk. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald and, remember, Dan McCartney had Kirk's number for a while. Yeah. Some of that was talent, too. Kirk had to build the talent. I still don't think Purdue's any more talented than Iowa. I, really, I mean, Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, Ohio. They are at wide receiver. Yeah, but I keep being told by Iowa fans that Iowa's stacked and loaded at wide receiver. I mean, I, like when I didn't have... Well, Kilt, compared to a few years ago, maybe, but not compared to Purdue. And when I didn't have Kilton Copeland as one of my 20 top decisions for Kirk, I had some fans like, how can you leave him out? Look what he's done to our receiver. Iowa's receivers are... Have been mostly a non-factor. This yeah, year.
1: they're imp- they are appear to be improved, but they. Well, I don't think these the guys. The quarterback cut-
5: doesn't get the ball to him. I don't think these guys are any better than what Brandon Smith and Amir were with. Well, maybe Shannon. not. Yeah, I mean, maybe In not. 2019, I think the receivers have gotten worse since 2019. To be honest with you, that's fair enough. But I just um, you just got you can't read too much into one loss. And the nice thing is, Kirk won't. Kirk will move on. He will move on. They'll be ready to play at Wisconsin. That doesn't mean they're going to win. I mean,
1: I just. Well, I didn't feel they were ready to play Saturday.
5: They didn't look ready to play. Uh-uh. And I know some people are like, well, just the, let, the letdown crap. I'm so sick. They never came back down from the earth. From the, they played 12 games. They've had COVID. That letdown crap. Yeah, I, I hate just, that
2: narrative. You know, they lost, a,
5: they lost a game. That's sliding Purdue by saying, well, Iowa just had a letdown. Yeah. Well, oh, Purdue played a beautiful game. And they They did did. have two weeks to prepare. That matters. But, you know. Well, but it
1: isn't going to show for Iowa.
5: Lots of teams have two weeks to prepare for Alabama and Georgia, too, and it doesn't mean anything. No,
1: it isn't going to show for Iowa against Wisconsin. It probably won't. Well, mainly,
5: especially if they can't run the ball. And I have no hope at all of them being able to run the ball. I hope they prove me wrong. But right now, Iowa's offensive line, and, and everyone talks about the talent whatever. well, Worfs and Larry Johnson were Larry Jackson were on that offensive line in two thousand seventeen that couldn't do anything at Wisconsin. No. Worse was a freshman, but he was still starting and they couldn't do a thing against Wisconsin. And Louis Chanel, I mean, they've got sound doesn't he sound Louis Chanel sounds kind of like a, yeah. a perfume guy, uh-huh. he? He does he's, he's one of those, He's really good. Yeah. He is really good and I just don't know if they can contain him and, and if they can't run and they're putting pressure on Petrus, and they're loading the box, it could be a long day.
1: Yeah, we got to have a better a better called game to take advantage of what they know Wisconsin's going to do.
5: But I also will be stunned if Wisconsin gets twenty one points or more against Iowa. Oh, me too. I don't. So, I mean, I I don't think Iowa's going to have to score a lot of points to win up there. But I don't think they're going to be able to score. A we're going to have to score some. And somebody brought up the point: Hey, it's twenty nine straight games where they haven't surrendered twenty five points because Purdue only had twenty four. Yeah, so, yeah la da. They were sort of joking. They were sort of trying yeah. to trying to. Yeah. Put lipstick on a, what's that saying? Put lipstick, lipstick on, on a pig. pig? On the pig, is that what yeah. it is? Yes. Okay. So, but
1: I think we're going to need uh, a special teams, special teams points, maybe defensive points, and some offensive points. And not Graham Murch
5: is going to have to throw two or three interceptions, which he very well could.
1: We're going to have to put some heat on him. Yeah. If we put heat on him, yes. If we put heat on him like we did o- O'Connell, we're, we're not going to win.
5: No, O'Connell had all day to throw.
1: Just all day. And
5: Iowa was rotating linemen. It was just a matter. They just couldn't get past the Purdue offensive linemen. It was Uh just a good all-around performance for Purdue.
1: Yes, it was. And they were ready.
5: But it was weird to go from a field rush to looking up and seeing just hardly any fans in the stadium. I looked up with about three minutes to go in the game, and there was probably less than 10,000 people in that. Were you still there? Yeah. Yeah, there was probably less than 10,000 people in that stadium. I
1: think you're probably right. And it was just,
5: and I'm not knocking the fans. I, I understand no. Don's point, but I don't, well, I'm yeah, not saying I disagree with Don, it, but it I, there's does two screw, sides. It does screw the team. It does hurt the team, but yeah. like Tom said, hey, uh, sorry, th- some of those fans are paying $120, $130 it's for t- those two tickets. Absolutely. And if they don't want to stay there and they want to beat the traffic or if they want to go start drinking their misery away. I it's hard to argue that. You
1: got to give people a reason to stay. And yeah, students and leave sorry, everywhere.
5: That's the way it is. Students leave everywhere. Yeah. Penn State was kind of, if they're losing, they leave. Yeah. And that's being a student. You know, there's there's And bars if I was to,
1: if I was driving back to Spencer, would I want to stay for the last 10 minutes of that game? The answer is no, I wouldn't. Let's wrap her up. God, is let's it already? Yeah. Wrap wow, it's 11? It Thanks
5: again to Don Patterson, great stuff and we will have Donnie on again next Monday to talk about everything that
4: went on in the week without Iowa playing. We will, and coming up is Molly Suter.